Welcome back to Who the Fuck Are These Guys? How are you, Mako Shark? I'm good, Matty C. I'm good. Thank you, mate. How are you? Episode 55. I reckon you are flying today. Flying, Mako Shark. I'm doing a lot better than the back half of the weather today. It is gloomy and miserable, but one thing that isn't gloomy and miserable, it's myself and the Mako Shark and this podcast. We are just flying along at 55. We're now just batting them away. At will, really, and guests are just getting more fine-tuned and more excellent as we go, Mako Shark. How have you been, though, is the big question for me. How have I been? I've been good, mate. It's just been another great week here as co-host of Australia's Mm. hottest podcast. It's just just fantastic stuff, really, and week after week, we're bringing it to you at at home, the listeners, everyone at home. We're just bringing it to you. Have you ever seen a podcast really just deliver like we do? We should start selling pizzas, mate, because we deliver. Well, don't, don't, I've got something for you a little bit later off the back of your segment around a pizza, and I'll tell you, I'll be firing up my bristles, my, my, my uh, follicles, if I had them, were bristling, Mako Shark. I'll get to that later. So listeners, beware for a rant because you're going to get one. Bit of a tease. Oh, boy. Hey, I'm looking forward to that. I reckon yes. there's no other podcast, self-made, that uh, I know we're giving ourselves a bit of a suck here, but Jesus Christ, like a lot of other ones get the you know the hand, the hand, you know the the you know the bloody bit of a bloody hey little HJ with guests and sort of get force fed things and you know they, they make things from nothing and just because you know who they are or their social, but we're just two. Who the fuck are these guys? Guys that are crafting something very special, and we have a great, great listener base, and we never we don't really thank them enough. We every now and then we go through a. Oh, we better thank them, but we really should thank them more because our numbers are bumping, Mako Shark. They are absolutely skyrocketing weekly. If it was a fucking Bitcoin, we'd be bloody to the moon and we'd be hodling. I think you're right. I think we used to thank them quite a lot early days, first sort of 15 apps. We were thanking these listeners, mate. We were thanking them through the roof, but getting a bit big for our britches, I reckon. We, we sort of dropped off on the thanks. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyone at home, anyone that's listening, anyone that's just shouting out, telling their friends, telling their family, telling their boss, telling their uh, their butcher or their doctor or their bloody dentist, just tell everyone you know about this podcast because we are. We're growing. It's, it's just grassroots. It's grassroots, this podcast. No Who else would you like to thank, mate? There's been a big supporter. Well, I was talking about dollars. There's a few dollars getting chucked our way. Thank you very much to the... Uh, Australia's greatest gambling agency, Palmerbet, as always, bringing this podcast to you week after week. We love them. Gamble responsibly. And, Maddie, I am very excited for our guest this week. This is someone that we have been been looking for for quite a while, and we've finally tracked him down. Our schedule's aligned, and we got the man Mm. on. And I am pumped, Matthew. I am pumped. Are you pumped? I'm pumped, Mako Shark. And firstly, before we get into it, a a big... Big shout out to yourself because uh, the grafting that you did to get this man on, it was like you were a 15-year-old on MSN and you had a second handle and you were logging in on a second handle to see if your crush was online or if they were ghosting you. Remember those days where you used to do that? You used to have a sort of, <laughs> like, that, you know, like the MSN chat felt days. a bit like that. I felt like you I was felt, trying mate, to, like, bit of an ASL with this quote. Yeah. <laughs> it was Fuck wild that. back and forth for at least nine months. Like there would have been... Probably 25 touch points between you two, I reckon, and you finally got him. That, that's just what out there, people, it's not force-fed to us, and this is the sort of stuff. It's, it's courage under fire to be a grown man continually sliding in to another man's inbox, and you did it, Mako Shark, and it delivered, and it's a perfect time because he's got a fight coming up. 
You've got potentially another fight in uh, in February, and you might want to just, uh, after all your great work, you can intro us into who we might be and tell us a little bit about it. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't want to talk too much about it, as you said, but this uh, this is a uh, very exciting moment. Jack Della, Madalena on the pod. I've put a lot of work in. He's a very busy man. It's hard to track a man down in Perth. The time difference sometimes really gets to us. He's had a kid not long ago, so it's tough. We've had kids. We've got little tin lids running around. It's hard to align schedules, Matthew. So mm. we've had a few little teasers over the last few months, but finally, finally, we locked it down and we got it done. And this was a great chat, Matthew. Perfect timing, actually, because not only did we get to talk about his first two fights, we've got Fresh. to talk about the one that's coming up, mate, in only two, not even two weeks now. Once this is released tomorrow, this is going to be a week yeah. and a half until our man, Madalena, back in the octagon and looking to crush another face because that's what he does for a living. He crushes faces, this bloke. He is no joke. I was very excited because he, we've got a lot of great guests on this pod, but he's he's one of the, I reckon, just one to watch. The potential that Jack Madalena has, he's going to go pretty far, I reckon, because he's, uh, he's got that certain je ne sais quoi, Matthew. Talk dirty to me with your cunning linguist. You, you you do it every week. You seem to be getting better and bigger and words are placed in nicer spots, Mako Shark. It's fluent and everything you said is absolutely bang on. We invest in these young guys, not for our own, but for the listeners because we want to give you snapshots into the absolute up-and-coming superstars and boys that are about to really burst on if they haven't already and he's definitely one to watch and you summed it up beautifully. I will just say, Mako Shark, this week's a, a heavy week for this podcast. We're doing double guesting, we're, we're, we're banking some things, we're doing this, we're doing a, a Instagram Live on Sunday at 7.30, so we'll talk about that a bit later, but just in case people don't get to later, that'll be 7.30 mm. on the on the, on the the page on uh, on Instagram, Mako Shark, Good and that'll thinking. be around the hex. Yeah, I just, you never know, people, we haven't got that data, but I, I guarantee they might listen to the end, but if they don't, Mako. So look, before be we get them to old. tune out now, do you want to, um, before I cook it and lose some listeners, do you want to take us in? I'll take us in, mate. I'll fucking take us in. Not a problem. But, yeah, 7.30 this Sunday night, live on the Instagram. We're going live with Genghis Khan Offy. He's fighting at Hex fucking fight series next week, Friday night in Melbourne, Melbourne Pavilion. But we're going to get to that, as we said. Don't fucking switch off once Jack and Della Madalena happens. Just don't. That's when the podcast really begins, once it gets finished. We're going to go fucking launching into some big stuff this week. We've got a big pay-per-view to talk about. We've got a lot of boxing news and that's scary. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, one of the, not only Australia's most promising prospects, the world's most promising prospects at welterweight, Jack Della Adelaide. Fuckers. We are back again this week with a very, very exciting guest. This is a man that I have wanted on the pod for a long time, and I've been pestering him for months and months and months. And we have finally made it happen. He's on the pod. The listeners are excited. They all wanted it. It's Jack Della, Madalena. How are you, brother? Boys, thanks for having me. I'm glad we're here. We made it. 
And I will uh, set the record straight. I've wanted you on too there. It's not just uh, the Mako <laughs> Shark, but I'm, I haven't done any pestering. I've just, he, I'll let him do the slide into the DM. So it's both of us that want you on, mate. So don't stress. Yes, it's not just yeah. a one, one man show here. Mate, um, again, thank you so much for coming on. We're, uh, we're wrapped to have you on, and our listeners are going to love it. I reckon your uh, start to your UFC career is as explosive and, as, and exciting as, uh, as anyone has uh, in yeah, recent times. So, mate, uh, fight in two weeks. Do you want to give our listeners that uh, might not be aware, would they be having their head up their ass if they're not? But do you want to just uh, let them yeah. know who you're fighting and, and what to expect yeah, with that yeah. one? Yeah, as you said, two weeks. I'm back in Vegas at the Apex, so no crowd. But I'm fighting Danny Roberts, who's sort of like a is a good it's a good matchup. I think he's a guy's been in the UFC, sort of. I think one of those mid level guys, beaten some people, lost to some people, but he seems to always be in good fights. VI knockouts, so so I think it's a cool fight. Yeah, bit of a veteran. Hmm. Yeah, he definitely doesn't have boring fights. You're correct in that. He's been around since about 2015, so yeah, a bit of a veteran compared yeah. to yourself. He's been, uh, he's been, yeah. yeah, exactly. He's been hit a few times. Let's not uh, beat around the bush. I reckon he's there. I reckon there's going to be some openings for you. How do you see the fight going? Yeah, I think 100. percent I think there's openings. I think he, in most of his fights, he gets hit and gets wobbled. You know, and uh, I feel like I hit pretty hard, and I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm more patient than the the other people. I feel like I've got the eyes that I can see when a shot's there and I'll take it, you know, and if it, it might have to go 15 minutes, but definitely the game, the goal is to try and hit him over and over again and get it done within 15 minutes for sure. It's. Uh, I was going to ask you about that, and it seems to me, you know, your patience and your ring IQ or your octagon IQ might be a little bit even above your age because you do look patient, you do look very calm, and when you do see an opening, I, I, I've said it a few times on this podcast, you've reminded me of at times a, a Pete Conor McGregor in the way that he smells blood and finishes, and you've even, just some of your movements have remind me of him, the way you, you, you smell blood in, in, in your um, opponent and actually finish it. So that that's... Um, that's something that's excited us, and I think if he gives you an opportunity, to, he won't be giving you a second one. I think it'll be over pretty quick once you get that opportunity. But, yeah, it's interesting to show, see how you are patient and how you go about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Like, I reckon there will be openings. I feel like I can see the shot coming, and I'll be able to take it when it's there, when it presents mm. itself. Yeah, it's definitely, that's as he said, might sound like we're uh, blowing smoke up your ass with the Conor McGregor type of stuff, I but when you have got blokes on the ropes and you don't, some blokes rush into things and they say like, "Oh, I've got the mm. uh, blood in the water here. I'm just going to rush in and do something silly." They might end up getting clipped themselves. But your footwork 100%. and patience and the way you just slide in and just finish blokes with a minimal of fuss—it's very, very, uh, very impressive. Yeah, you see it a lot. A lot of people do rush in, you know. They have someone hurt and then it's like, oh, fuck, I've got him hurt. I need to go to get after him. Mm-hmm. But then really like being a, in the sport of MMA, like normally that just ends up turning into a clinch and then that's better off on your opponent because they can yep. stall the fight at that point. So, in your, yeah, it's, in I your think it's camp, probably one of yeah. the biggest mistakes is people rushing in. So That's all right. I was just going to say in your camp and in your training, is that something you and your team do work on on like a – even when you're out of camp, you know, how to finish fights and not get caught um, in a, a rush of blood or getting in that clinch and actually trying to finish it without giving them a, 
a chance to, I guess, rest or even put yourself at risk? Is that something you can prepare and train for? Or is it just something that more comes naturally to yourself? I think it's... Um... Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. It's probably something we've worked on over the years, but it's probably also the way we spar at our team. We're not if we hurt our opponent, we know like we just spar pretty at a real controlled pace. You know, we try and push the pace, but if there's ever a shot that we land and it hurts the opponent, we normally just I like to just hold back and then just start to land shots, not actually like hurt my opponent or like my training partner, if that makes sense. So probably, and we're just doing rounds like that, not actually trying to kill each other. And like, if you do hurt him and then rush and start swinging, it's just more, our whole training style is, yeah, it's a patient style of training, you know? Yeah. Yep. And you can see that flow across into your, the way you do fight. So it's, yeah, you train the way you fight, don't you? And that's Yeah, for sure. And then when it comes, when it comes fire time, then it's just a matter of, when you, it is opponent just putting that extra five ten percent sting right at the end mm. and not rushing sure. in, just trying to land the shot, not trying to punch through your opponent, no, not trying to punch a literal hole in your opponent's head, but try and just land yep. the shot. Timing, mm. yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, mate, your last fight was in June, I think it was over in Singapore. You look like a bloke that wants yeah. to try and stay active. This this fight's almost come about almost to us short notice a little bit. Have you just been trying since June to get a fight, get a fight, and have been struggling a little Pretty, bit? And this one popped up uh, a little bit. You know, I was sort of yeah, I wanted to fight. I had a um, my son was born in July, first child, which is cool. Congratulations! So was yeah, cool. Thank you. So yeah, for June, baby in July, and then I was just trying to get one in before before year's end. You know, I've been mm. sort of get hounding. My manager Tim and me have been handing Shell and Shelby for a fight. Basically, basically told him we'd be good to go October, November, December. I want to get one in before, and they're coming back to Perth in February. So I definitely didn't want to wait. Till but... fe- yeah, well, I, d- I definitely I'm going to fight in Perth for sure, hundred percent. But I just wanted to get I hundred percent wanted to get one more in. It was June to February was just a bit too long for. Do you think that uh, maybe how well you've gone in your first two has actually worked against you with, you know, maybe some potential people looking at it going, oh, we don't want even though you're sort of young in that part of your career, like maybe you don't want to touch this guy and you sort of almost are a bit of a victim of your own success early on until you can sort of get to that next level where obviously, you you know, you start fighting ranked guys and everyone's always up for a fight. Do you think that's potentially part of why there's been a bit of a delay? I think so, you know. I think like obviously – the top guys don't want to fight a, a new guy that's had two fights and two wins is obviously going to be a dangerous fight and doesn't mm. really have a name. Like, why mm. would you take that fight? I'm not that's stupid. Right. I understand that makes sense. Yeah. So, but f- to be honest, I don't, it doesn't really bother me. I've just wanted to get a fire fight. Honestly, I just told him I'll fight anybody. It was more just the timeline. Yeah. And I, yeah, I understand 100%. It's not going to be, yeah, if you offered, me as a fighter towards some of the like everyone says like when do you find a top 15 guys great but like why would a top 15 guy no one's gonna me, take you know? it why would you take <laughs> an unranked dude that's probably gonna nose. bash your skull in exactly and, i can understand yeah, exactly you know i'm gonna try and break it i'm gonna try and break someone's nose you know and <laughs> win or lose someone's gonna get their nose like i'm gonna try and yeah. smash someone's face in and i think they know that and it doesn't make sense to get your face smashed in against fighting someone that no one knows about. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> I'm, happy, I'm happy to say that. 
I guess the same things happened. Uh, Jake Matthews was also on that Singapore card with you, and we saw what the fuck he did to Fialo there and just yeah. put on a clinic. He come from so – you sort of the forgotten man there at 170, and all of a sudden he puts on that performance. He hasn't been yeah, able to get a fight either. Though. He's had dudes running like they're in the Olympics fucking sprints from him. Yeah. So I'd imagine yeah, it's the same sure. thing with you. Yeah, just a couple of dudes at 170 sure, trying to right. get a scrap. Yeah, it's, it's strange. Yeah, it's strange how the – um, yeah, there's a lot of like antics behind that people – some people want a certain amount of time for fights and they want to fight a certain amount of people. So it can be hard in that regard. I don't necessarily think people are scared, but I definitely think, of course, if you're fighting to make a living, you know, you're going to pick the the routes that's going to get you the most money and they're probably the the easiest competition for the most money, in, Yeah, which makes it's sense. It's not scared as such. It's just common sense. It's nah. not career moves. Yeah, common sense, yeah, basically, yeah. Social media is probably plays, is you know, as positive as it can be for guys like yourself and can build your brand and sort of fast track with performances like that because it ends up going viral and all that. I think the other side of it can be that people are worried about being in those videos and being sort of remembered and viral for having a loss and a lot of opportunity to talk with no action. I think if social media sort of didn't exist and it was just roll up, sign a contract and fight and then regardless of what happens afterwards, there was no blowback or as much blowback like there is now, I think there'd probably be a lot more frequent and a, probably even a better uh, range of fights because there wouldn't be that aspect of if you have a loss, you know, with the follow-up. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Eh? It, I think it does. Yeah, it seems like nowadays it's a lot to do with social media and like how people... Yeah, it seems like fighting in social media nowadays... I guess everything in social media goes hand-in-hand yeah. hand in a way. It does, yeah. It does. Not just fighting. So, I mean, everyone's trying to stay relevant in that space and it's a pretty unforgiving sport you know you take a loss and people don't really give a fuck about you from anymore. idiots like us that have never really been in a fight and we sort of see <laughs> oh, that wasn't his best performance and yeah like, you know, <laughs> fighting another elite world talent and might have just yeah. had an off night you know it's sort of 100%. yeah it's too much power on our side probably not enough with you guys so yeah it's it's yeah. great social media but it's always shit out as well yeah know, for sure lose, you know yeah but that's How just you life, are... isn't it it is, mate. Yeah, exactly right. How's camp been, basically? I'm sure you've just probably been just keeping yourself ready ever since June, so it's not necessarily a camp that you're in now, but how is it going? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling fresh? Yeah, I feel great. Honestly, yeah, I don't really – like, We I've never really done, like, the camp thing, you know. I've sort of just trained year-round pretty consistently, and that allows me to – if I'm tired, I just take the rest. I don't need to, like, fit in eight weeks of training for a fight. I just sort of stay ready and then – Got a, any? I sort of just say any time within three to four weeks, I feel like I can take a fight. So, but yeah, I've been just staying fit, you know. And just the last few weeks, I just really picked it up. Thought of like a, in a way, just figured out how we think Danny's going to, uh, Danny Roberts, get a basic idea of how he think he's going to come at me, and then just yeah, work on fifth, have fifteen minutes in the tank basically to push the pace. I think that style of not always. You know, sorry, I think that style of being in condition always works in fighters' favours. We've had a couple of young Aussie boxers on that have found it hard to get a fight, but because they're 24-7 fit and ready and always training, when those last-minute opportunities have come, they get a fight. And I guess if you'd had the baby and then just thought, well, maybe I'll take, you know, six, eight weeks off and just, you know, go sort of into that out-of-camp mode, then you might have actually, the turnaround might have been too tight for this. So I guess if you're, especially in the early parts of your career, when you want to get a fight, at any minute, 
staying ready and being fit and professional is probably the best way to do it because you get opportunities like this to get another fight in before the year, build some more momentum to, like you said, the UFC in Perth and, and beyond. So yeah. that's probably works in your favour. 100%. And it just saves you playing catch-up, you know. Mm. Saves you playing catch-up. It's going to probably save you stress when they say you've got to have five day weeks and you go, fuck. <laughs> like, am I actually going to be ready for that eight weeks' time? Yeah. For me, like, if someone says it's a five day weeks, I'm like, that's fucking ages away. Like, ages away, yeah. That's that's so, like, yeah, that's, that's going to take ages sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm ready to go. But, well, yeah, I guess you're uh, sort of always going to be playing catch-up, I guess. Yeah. You're looking to do like uh, Paddy the Baddie. He balloons out to fucking 200-plus pounds <laughs> fighting at 155. Could you imagine blowing out to 210, 215, and then they tell you, hey, bro, you got to fight in six weeks. Like, what the fuck would you do? How, how could you it's talk? It's tough, yeah. It's yeah, ridiculous. it's insane. Hey? It's real. Well, I mean, at that point, majority of your your 12-week camp is just losing the weight. It's probably like losing a main weight, focus, yeah. you know. Like, And then at the end of like, you lose the weight, but then you've got like, some killer that's going to try and take your head off. So, like, mm. I think priorities is probably number one. I don't think weight should be as merely as a big priority as some people play it out to be. Yeah. When you've got yeah. at the, after the weight cut, like, that's that's the easy bit done so in a way, you know? Yeah, yeah. How are weight cuts for you? I'm always interested, especially UFC dudes, how the weight cuts go because some of them are just fucking mind-blowing what these dudes do. And it's almost like it's a balancing act of whether or not it's an advantage or a disadvantage at the end of the day. So how much are you cutting down from? Do you have any dramas or are you at a pretty good natural weight anyway? Yeah, I'm pretty – yeah, no, it's not too bad for me. Honestly, I cruise into into fight week probably like 83 kilos, 84 kilos, and then just – I'm brought up on wrestling, man. I actually don't even know what kilos are. I only go with pounds when it comes uh, to fighting. What the fuck? Yeah, 83 true. kilos. I mean, 85. I think 84 is 185. So I'm cruising in yeah. under 185 fight week. Yeah. And then normally the last hour, it's probably like three, four kilos. Fuck. And I normally can do that in about two hours, like three, four kilos. I just do that in the morning of. Is that in the sauna? Or the, too, it's it's far. You got any tips for two blokes? We we wouldn't yeah. mind. I wouldn't mind sort of when blokes have a pool party. Just I wouldn't mind just spending a, a couple of hours and dropping three or four yeah. before you got to get the old togs on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just a hot bath is what gets it for me. Yeah, right, okay. a hot bath and then get your coach to put you in the burrito. Ah, the, the little rat. <laughs> the yeah. rat yeah. Right. Get the wife in to wrap me in some sort of scenario yeah. after a hot bath. I'm sure she'd love that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's pretty much how I do it. Yeah. Yeah. The last two, it's always, um, it's pretty simple, you know, it's not easy. But I'm so used to it. It's just pretty standard process. It normally only takes three hours and the weight's good. Cool. Fucking pretty good, man. Uh, You mentioned earlier, and we're very excited on this podcast, very excited for UFC 284 in Perth. You're a local boy. I reckon you're probably the king of Perth there these days. Yeah. When this fight was announced, I reckon a few people went, oh, hang on a second, fuck, is he not fighting in Perth? But clearly that's still the plan, yeah? Well, obviously, you want to get through this fight unscathed, injury-free, touch wood, and then uh, 100% lock in Perth? Yeah, 100%, you know. They have said that, yeah, we 100% want you to fight in Perth, and they sort of said, do you want to fight before then? And I think it was sort of a no-brainer, you know. And I, to be honest, I want to fight like someone who's – I want to push for like a good, well-known – like a name someone in Perth, yeah. you know, if it's my hometown, like bring someone worthy over, you know, bring someone to the crowd's gonna get riled up and it's gonna make the the moment that much better. So that's sort yeah. of what I'm 
gunning for. I think if I just waited, I'd probably get someone like Danny Roberts in Perth. And yeah. it's not really so honestly, it's not really competition I want. I want like some top yep. guys, but I'm not looking past Danny. I'm just no. Just I know we know what you're saying. You're sort of you're wanting that big that big moment, almost the first real big moment of your career in front of your friends and family where you might yeah, beat 100%. someone that some of the bookies might not think you will type of thing. Is that yeah, what you're exactly. I want yeah. my yeah, my, my, there'll be a lot of my friends and family that may hopefully make some decent amount of money on it, you know. It's going to be a hard man. ticket, You're... mate. we got buddy uh, Farjack. He reckons he's bringing up the entirety of Bacchus Marsh from down here. So we're, yeah, how we're good. starting to think like it's just going to be the Aussie uh, the Aussie boys with their friends and family sort of event this. It seems like it's going to be probably stacked with uh, the uh, Anzac boys <laughs> fighting, hopefully. It'll be wild. It's be incredible. Mm. We've got our yeah. uh, flights and accommodation booked, but now starting to sweat on a ticket. It's going to be very Tickets, panic stations when this thing goes on. Yeah, so a lot like of people me. message me. So many people hit me up. How do I get tickets? I'm like, fuck knows that. No, no, Join the yeah. QA. Honestly, Some fucking bloke wild, that yeah. you were sat next to in like English in year seven or something in high school hasn't spoke to you since, and he's like, "Hey, yeah, mate, right, can you yeah. chop me out a ticket?" You're like, "Come on, yeah. mate, come on, mate." Exactly, eh? Fuck but yeah, it's going to be epic. It's going to be. It's going to be massive, absolutely. Mm. Mate, well, oh, yeah. talk us through. Like, as I said, we've wanted you on the pod for ages, so I had a whole list of questions after your first fight. Then I had a whole list of questions after your second <laughs> fight. So we've finally got you on here tonight, but. Take us through a little bit your debut when you went over there to Anaheim on the Yanganu card. You went in there, yeah. knocked uh, Pete. No, what was his name again? Rodriguez. Is that yeah, his name? yeah, Rodriguez. Yep. Yeah, fucked him up with the jab. It just left his face yeah. just bleeding and bashed and bruised. In your debut, it was a pretty good way to make a statement in the UFC. You've gone from sort of obscurity to all of a sudden on pay per view in the ring with Joe Rogan, really singing your praises. Take us through what that was like, man. It must have been pretty special. Yeah, it was sick, you know, I had a four in, yeah, it was January of this year, yeah, January cruised over to, we actually, when we, just before we left, I was meant to be fighting Wally Alves. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's, a, I was going to bring he's that like a, Yep. He's like a, um, pretty, like a veteran. Tough. So, yep. Yeah, good, tough opponent, I was really excited for that, and then just before we left, we found out that Wally had pulled out, which is pretty devo, because it was like real, I was so excited for that, but. They just, it was literally the morning of our flight, you know. It's like a Fuck. 25, it's a 25 hour ordeal from Perth to get to um, LA. So, or, yeah, something like that. It's a long flight with full yeah. stopovers and like airport and all that. Yeah. So, with no guarantee of like, replacement? With no guarantee, but they did, we, they did say, we guarantee you we'll get you a fight. Mm. And like at that point, I'd never like dealt with the UFC before, so I was just thinking, "Oh fuck, it's the UFC. They'll get me someone. Let's yeah, do yep. it." So we just stuck to the plan and went over. And then it was just a few days. It was almost like yeah, two weeks out. We we're just cruising, and there was just names going everywhere. And it was just like, "I do. It doesn't really matter. Just well, we just want to fight. We've come a long way." And ended up being like a full debut on as well, like a guy that. I think he only had four fights, so it wasn't the sort of competition I was after, but fuck it, eh? I'd made the trip and he was trying exactly. to knock me out, so I tried to knock him out, eh? And that's yeah. Well, I mean, you, you can look at it that way and you can also look at it that it was an extra special performance because you're preparing for another guy and a guy you would have, you don't do camps, but a guy you would have spent some time. Then you had to fight a guy that you said with only sort of four fights, you don't probably know a, lot, a whole lot about him. 
to go in and perform that way with the, the long flight, the pressure, the disappointment of not having the guy that you're supposed to fight. I mean, it couldn't have probably gone any better in the end, the, ha- the way you handled it and the way you sort of put your name out there with that performance. So it was probably ended up negative into a positive in the end, I reckon. 100%. I see what you're saying. Like, it's probably just the way this whole roller coaster goes, isn't it? Like, shit happens and you just got to stay, That's right. stay ready and, yeah, basically focus on the the night and not focus on anyone in particular. Mm. Probably pretty stiff to miss out on the 50K uh, performance of the night that night as well, I reckon. I know you called That's for right, in the yeah. ring. I reckon you got yeah. stiff. Yeah, I know. I was wondering if maybe I said it, they were like, no, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, getting a bit cocky. <laughs> yeah, but whatever, eh? I reckon Dana normally likes that sort of stuff. He loves a bloke that sort of yeah, puts on a great show for the crowd and then sort of, you know, can back it up with a bit of uh, mic work as well. So I reckon you were yeah. extra stiff. You showed him two sides. Yeah, I thought I was In ring and mic. Yeah. 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 Stiff. Well, mate, your second fight in Singapore, this is probably the uh, the kryptonite for any you're, – you're a striker mainly. Everyone's talking about your striking ability. The kryptonite for your types would be the Dagestani wrestler, wouldn't it? So the second fight, you've come mm. up against Ameev, who is that yeah. type. He's a Dagestani. He's a grappler, all this kind of stuff. Obviously, uh, you know, not questions, but people are wondering, oh, how's he going to handle this? About a minute yeah. in, you found yourself on the back in a choke. How the fuck did you stay so composed and get through yeah. that? Because you just it looked like it didn't bother you at all. Yeah, no, to be honest, like that, that whole training camp we did, obviously – we're always grappling, but we just did some like extra amount of grappling. A lot of like, we did a lot of like deep choke stuff. So like just being put in deep choke and just being able to stay calm in that situation, not rushing anything, same thing, just staying patient and just being comfortable in that like terrible spot where you can't breathe and you think your life's over, but really there is always a way out of it if you just relax and stay calm and, Yep. It was something that, honestly, like, we prepared a lot for that exact moment. So just a matter of, like, in the situation, I think if I had have freaked out and if I had have gone, oh, no, he's on my neck, i got to get out of here, like, he probably would have yeah. put me to sleep, you know. So it was just a matter of just staying calm in the situation and just figuring out there's always an exit and just found the exit, you know. And I also realised straight after, like, got out of the choker, I knew his hands would be heavy, so I just sort of went after him and yeah, be from that. tried to like, yeah, tried to put it on him at that point. The sports evolved so much that I guess younger guys like you coming up in the sport, yeah, you know, your striking is great, and but you are doing all that other work that might not be the thing that you want to display all the time. But I feel like the sport has grown so much that something like that doesn't, you know, put someone off as much as it might have fifteen years ago, 10, yeah. 15 years ago, where you had a, just a striker and then they get on their back and it's like, uh-oh, they're a fish out of water. Whereas you're not like, yeah, it's not your, probably your go-to, but you showed the poise and the ability to get up and then get back to what you like. But I, I do think that yeah. the sport as a whole has grown, hasn't it, where guys aren't as deterred when they're, they're put in a situation that isn't their, I guess, their main go-to or something that you, you expect as a fan from them. Yeah, for sure. 100%. The sport has evolved. I feel like you've got to be – like the – MMA fighter nowadays has really got to be like good enough at jujitsu to hang with like the person that does jujitsu for a lot of their like their time. Like someone who just focuses on jujitsu and trains three times a week jujitsu, the MMA fighter's got to be able to hang with that person doing jujitsu. And then the same with the 
the guy that yeah. does boxing three times a week just for yeah. a bit of fun. You've yeah. got to be able to hang with that guy boxing. You've got to be able to wrestle with a guy that does wrestling three times a week, you know? Yeah, exactly. absolutely. You've got to also, really you've... cover all your bases. Yeah, yep. for sure. You've done a bit of work with the Volker too over the journey. Mate, just thinking back to his fight against Ortega in the similar situation, he was probably a little bit deeper, but in that fucking uh, triangle that he was in and the choke that he was in the guillotine, has to give you some sort of inspiration when you see a dude like that simply just refuse to give up and, as you said, always just find a way out. There's always going to be an exit, yeah. even if it just takes a little 100%. bit of time. So I don't know if yeah. that went through your head at all when it was happening, but, like, surely nah. watching a dude like that <laughs> must just inspire you. Hundred percent, you know, like if, yeah, I would imagine when he was fight, like training for Ortega, I think he was training with Craig Jones. I think it was Craig Jones was in his corner. I would imagine Craig Jones was putting him in all no. types of stuff. You know, he would have been tapping multiple times a day, but it was just just getting like comfortable in that situation where it chokes tight, and you, you've actually got more time than what you think to figure out a way out of it. Mm-hmm. So Once when we're watching and we're, we're sort of as fans sort of going, fuck, look at the at, – like it, we're sort of panicking. So you're saying that, you know, because you're trained and you're obviously aware of the fighter in itself with all the crowd and all the, you know, the emotion of it still sort of has a little bit more time than we sort of – what it looks yeah. and what we think as, as fans. Yeah, it's probably – it's definitely – I think it's a lot slower probably yeah. for me at the time, you know. It's pretty slowed yeah. down. Yeah, what you would see is the crowd is so rushed. But yeah. I remember in the, being in the choke, like it was pretty tight, but I could breathe. I was like, wow. And I, I even also remember, like, imagine, like, there was heaps of my friends and family there. I was like, imagine just like tapping down, like, <laughs> <laughs> not that I thought about it. Like, I never thought of, yeah, yeah. I just thought, fuck, imagine that, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's yeah. not going to happen, eh? So nah, I'm their wrist. Yeah. And as you said, you got straight back up and just poured the pressure on him. Those body shots just crumpled him in the end. So fucking hell, it must have been pretty exhilarating performance to do that after being in such a precarious position only like a minute beforehand. Yeah, 100%. Like I got up and I was just feeling, yeah, I went through my head, I think, at the time. I was just like, oh, fuck, that was, like, that was you. That, that's the combat sambo like around my neck. But like, yep. here we go. Eh? Like this is what I'm about. Eh? I just fucking went after him. Love it was it. a pretty um so good. pretty pretty big result as well, like showing that you can sort of take a bit of that and then come and finish him off so uh I guess so in, in exciting fashion. Yeah, yeah. How have you dealt with because uh, you've had a fair bit of um you know, your name's out there now and people around the world are sort of talking about you and there's a bit of uh you know, all the social media stuff around you, a bit of hype. How do you personally deal with that? Does that any of that stuff are you a guy that sort of cares about any of that stuff? Do you look at, or does, does it? Do you just sort of not be bothered by all the outside noise and just control what you can control in your camp and your team and, and the next opponent? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't really focus. I guess everyone's probably says that, but I try not to worry about anything yeah. else apart from just what it, like what I enjoy doing, which is getting better at martial arts and fighting. So I just got a good solid team that. Just train regularly, like every day, train with a, a good solid team that we just try and get better. And that's really, honestly, my biggest focus is getting better. And then when I don't have a fight getting up, uh, coming up, it's just, yeah, getting better because that's what I can control. Yeah. Get better. So those situations like with me don't happen again. And then when a fight's coming up, just focus on how, how do I get into peak condition? How do I 
how do I um, yeah, win this fight? So that's pretty yeah. much, yeah, I try not just let anything else bother me. Just that's <laughs> probably the most important thing, like get better yeah. and then fight. Because at the end of the day, I understand as well, as we were talking about before, when you lose a fight, no one really gives a fuck about you. So nah. there's, <laughs> it's not about the, it's not about the, um, yeah, the just, it's about the journey and the, the process is so important. Because what happens in five years when, if I've lost three fights in a row and no one, no one even remembers the name, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah it's a good way to go about well, it. Yeah. So talk about the journey. You have spoken about it a little bit on other places, other podcasts, interviews, but you lost your first two pro fights, man, which must have been a little bit disheartening at the time. But infamously, now you are you come up with I don't know if it was your idea or with your coach or whatever, but you said, "Nah, fuck this. I'm going to win me next ten fights. I'm going to make the yeah. UFC." which on the surface sounds like a ludicrous thing to say when you've just lost your first yeah. two fights. I'm sure a lot of people probably heard you say it and went, yeah, right, AJ, cool, mate. But how did you take that from just something you've said and set as a goal and actually fucking go out there and achieve it? And that's exactly what you did. Your 10th win was in the Contender Series and got yourself a contract, which is phenomenal. So was there anything you yeah. actually did mindset-wise or physically in the, in the training room that you did? Honestly, no, there was nothing in particular. I lost, so, like, I just took some hard fights against people that, yeah, were definitely just better than me, basically. That was the truth. Went in there, lost to people that were better than me. And it was, a, it was a good lesson in just losing. And both of those losses, I could figure out how, what I needed to do to improve. But probably the uh, most important thing of that whole story was just probably my trust in Ben, my coach. I he I remember I lost the the second fight and he wasn't actually there but he couldn't make it he had a, a important family thing that he just couldn't make it and since then yeah he said he'd never obviously that would never happen again but yeah he said you get to we'll get to ten and two like that's next sounded crazy at the time but I just sort of I just trusted him you know it was like a deep trust I was like yeah I know I'm better than that and just stay consistent you know I just in, still enjoyed the sport and just. Honestly, it was trust in Ben and him believing I could get to 10 2 and then just consistency yeah. over time. That was it. There was no, like, nothing secret to it. It was just consistency and trust. Well, your first loss was against that Englishman, Alden Bates. You want to talk about improvement and consistency? Your last win in Australia before you went over to the contender series was a rematch against Alden Bates, and you absolutely yeah. fucking dropped him unconscious in the yeah. first round. So. You want to talk about improvement and going full circle. That must have just been a hell of a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not revenge, but it must have been sweet to uh, drop that dude that beat you in your first fight like you did. 100%, yeah. It was one of those ones that I, I had such a chip on my shoulder from that fight like the whole time. And he was from Perth, you know, and I was just being so close. I was like, I know I can be like this. And every it. time I saw him, he'd have it over me. That, And I just knew, I told everyone, I said, that if me and him ever fight again, I'm going to, yeah, floor him quickly and I'm going to make it look so easily. And I always had that, that chip it. on my shoulder. That was probably also something that got me to that 10 and 2. Just like I had a chip on my shoulder. I knew I could beat him. I told so many people and so many people were like, wow, like he's a he's a big guy. Like, And I just, yeah. But then when that fight came about, I just knew I was training really hard and I just knew I was going to floor him and, it Extra pressure too, mate. Right telling, telling the whole town you're going to beat him. Geez, you've, you must <laughs> yeah. you must have really been confident because that would be losing to him once, you know, and then you're obviously from the same you know part of Australia, and then you lose to him a second time after you've been sort of 
on the foghorn around the area, you yeah. you really uh, yeah, put yourself out there, and it's obviously you yeah. show with your performance and, and your ability. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but that's a yeah that thing exactly. That is the one thing I love about this sport is like the the talk is great, but it, it comes down to like a night, you know, and you can have an off mm-hmm. night. And the person you could be better than them a hundred times, but you have an off night, they have an off night. Your confidence is low, and their confidence is high. They're going to beat you. Mm, and that's exactly. what this the I think that's just the beautiful thing about this sport is one moment to like make everything fall into place the way you want it to. Yeah. It's a crazy sport. I just wanna yeah, sometimes I like asking dudes, especially at the UFC in the highest level, like you can be the best dude in the gym, you can be the toughest guy in the world in the gym and you know, rolling around on the mats, but what is it like stepping inside the UFC cage at the highest level? They shut the door behind you, it's just you and another dude. Is it just some sort of like I don't know. How's the feeling internally? Like, do you actually pretty, like look at yourself and realize, holy shit, I'm in the UFC, I'm up against another dude, the door's locked, or is it you just sort of put that all behind you and just focus? Because it's got to be crazy. I can't a, yeah, it's a, comprehend it. It's honestly a bit of both. You know, you most important thing is to try. For me, I just try and be completely in the zone and everything sort of like just you're completely in the. There's not many other times where you, I personally am like completely in the moment and. You just, I just take everything in at every second and like try not to look forward to anything. Like I don't look forward to the the bell. I just take everything in and just try and slow everything down. Is it loud in there? Silly question. When you're not in the apex, I guess. When you're in an arena, like, is it sometimes in your, you know, does it get to the it's point sort where of, you're, I think the, it, the walkout's sort of loud and then it, at some point, I think it really, for me, it just sort of feels like it goes silent. Yeah, okay. You're so dialed in, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. But occasionally in the fight, I do hear, like, if someone la- yells something extra loud that is quite, um, I don't know what the word is, but if, you could, if they yelled out something stupid or, like, something loud and funny, that you definitely hear that. But You'll be hearing us in Perth then, no um, doubt. We'll be, yeah, we'll be shouting yeah. all sorts of stupid shit, I imagine. Exactly. I could imagine the Perth morning. will probably be, yeah, that will have a loud feel <laughs> oh, to it. I, yeah. I think the USC or, you know, MMA is different to boxing. Like, I, I've, I've been to a little bit of both, and I reckon boxing's almost sometimes eerily quiet. I don't know if you've been to, like, yeah. just for example, we just went to the, the, the Haney-Cambosis, both fights, and... The first one wasn't as bad because the, the whole stadium was filled with his, with Cambosis as Greek supporters. But yeah. Mako and I were just at Rod Laver, and nearly every fight, including the main event, at some points was genuinely like you could hear a pin Silence. drop. It must that yeah. must be spooky yeah. as a fighter, like being able to hear a bloke drop his chips and go "fucking hell, me chips!" Like you know, it's just trying yeah. to fight. Like sort of, it's weird. I reckon the, the boxing compared UFC crowds a little bit more raucous. So. Um, yeah, I expect sure. when you're in Perth, mate. I, I don't think I don't think we're too much quiet. I reckon you'll be um, no, struggling here, anything. Yeah, I think it'll be very. That's a that Perth arena as well. It's like a good loud place, you know. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yep. Like we're looking forward to it, mate. You've been gracious with your time with us tonight. We'll just. One last one. Like we've got this plan. We're going to beat Danny Roberts in two weeks. We're going to move over to Perth. Yeah. We're going to smash whoever they put in front of you, but. Have you got plans long-term by the end of 2023? Do you reckon you're going to be pushing into that top 15 and start maybe even the top 10? And uh, any dream opponents or anyone you really think you might fight next year, anyone that you would like to fight that you think would match up quite well with you? Not really. I want want to fight one of the the top dudes. You know what? I'd love to fight Shavkat Rachmanov next year at some point. I think he's one of the – I think he's one of the – 
the good guys in the division, you know. And I think if he doesn't get there really quick, then maybe we can cross paths like, yeah, uh, like early, like, you know, like have a fight next dudes year. Calling and, him out. No, exactly, you know. But I'm down to fight him. I think I can beat him, and I'd give it a red hot crack, you know. But yeah, hopefully, I think he's the best guy, and I definitely understand. I can't fight the the champion next year, most likely. But if I think he's the best guy, if I can fight him, then Fuck that'd yeah. be perfect. Well, let's start a petition for that. Let's get him in Perth. Let's go. Let's get it going. February. Yeah, that not? would be yeah, be incredible, you know. But it's, I think that is also one of those ones. Like, would he take the fight in Perth? Does you know. it make sense for him? He seems he's knocking no. on that like top that top five top sort 10. of thing. So it's yeah, like top five. Yeah. For you though, sure, as well, like two, if I can get two clean first round. That's right. Two more clean first round knockouts and say shove cut. Let's go somewhere. And I'm telling you, the way anywhere. they've shown that if blokes come in, knock the door down with good performances, it doesn't matter if yeah. you're outside the top 15. You can get fast tracked yeah. in this company if you are. If they think they can market you and your performances are going to be exciting, they will yeah, yeah. strap the rocket to you for sure. Hundred percent. And it's I think it's those like first round knockouts that they love. If you can, that's pretty undeniable first round finishes. So. That's what I'm going for, boys. That's exciting, mate. And we're like, as we said, we're so thrilled to have you on. Our listeners are going to love it. And we've absolutely loved it, mate. We wish you all the best for the yes, fight boys, in a couple of you. weeks. The, the, big, the big UFC in Perth, mate. We'll, uh, well, hopefully when we're there, we might be able to get, get you on for a little snippet. We'll be doing a bit of stuff over there. Yeah. So we hopefully you have a great win in a couple of weeks and you, you book a big fight for Perth, mate, and go out and have a massive performance in front of your friends and family. And, yeah, friend of this pod and wish you all the best, mate. Legend. Cheers, boys. Thanks. I'm glad we did get this done. Cheers, boys. Hey, very cool. Yeah, appreciate it. You're a bloody ripper. Talk to you soon, brother. Good luck. Cheers, legends. See you, dudes. See you, Talk to you soon. See you, bro. Bye. Every week, Mako Shark, I rant and rave and really sort of rage up in my loins, Mako Shark, about the interview and about the guest. But I tell you this now, a potential namesake in Diego Maradona. So we've coined him Diego as our nickname, Mako Shark. There was a famous hand of God, a controversial moment, hand of God. Well, I'll tell you, there'll be a new, a new non-controversial moment. It won't be a hand of God. It'll be fists of God because this man's got a Mako Shark. He's got a left and a right. And those things, those fists, Mako Shark, I, I tell you, are going to take him to the promised land. He, he lands as clean and as crisp as you'll see in the UFC, Mako. It doesn't matter if he's had two fights or 15. This man knows how to hit him, knows how to time him, Mako Shark. And I tell you, I'm super excited to see what he's going to do with his third fight. What about you? I tell you what, mate, you said it 100% right. He has got the crispest, smoothest. They're smooth, they're, they're crisp, and they're absolutely, they're buttery, these hands. Jack Madalena's <laughs> hands, they're buttery. Buttery, I he like just, it. They're buttery. Oh, I love it. I love watching him. He, uh, I don't want to just, we act like we take the piss a bit sometimes and we suck our guests <laughs> right off, but he is legit. Have you watched his two fights in the UFC and, and his fights oh, before? I, oh, I, oh, I have, UFC, mate. I tell you what, he has got hands. Right up there. 
with some of the best in the in the world, the very best. And I cannot wait for this third fight. I reckon he's going to make a statement if he hasn't already in his first two, which mm. actually he probably has. But this third fight, he's going to run through Danny Roberts. If I'm Danny Roberts and Danny Roberts's team, I'm getting, I'm sweating right now. I've got beads of sweat trickling down the forehead because I know I'm in a bit of trouble, and I'm going to have an ambulance on standby because you're in fucking trouble, Danny Roberts. Big trouble, Mako Shark. He's got patience. Beyond his years too, which I almost think is as scary as the ability to fight because the guys that have patience and are happy to mm-hmm. wait and just take their time, like almost like a, a hunting sort of a beast in the in the you know in the body. What's a what's a what's a big sort of um, forest is it, or a desert? The Mojave Desert, some sort of Mojave Sahara Desert lion, or the Sahara, uh, the Mojave Rainforest, the, the Amazonian sort of bloody gorilla man or something. He just waits, Mako Shark, and he just sits there. Him. Stalks mm. them and then gets them, and and when he goes in like a well trained predator, he doesn't let him get away, Mako Shark. Where others in there, you know, when they're first coming, get a little bit excited, the big lights, land that big shot, might be able to hear DC and Joe Rogan giving each other a bit of a suck, you know, because sometimes you could probably hear that when you're that close, and then you go, "Oh, I'm going to be a highlight boy," and you're running and you get clipped yourself, and you're like, "Fuck, what happened?" But he doesn't mm-hmm. do that, Mako mm-hmm. Shark. And I reckon mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a really scary thing because when he goes in and gets you, he gets you. That's the sort of thing you can't really teach either. That's that's inbuilt. That's ingrained. That's self-confidence. That's, uh, as you said, maturity beyond his years. Two fights in the UFC, and he's already shown it both times. Just calm, calm under fire. Just absolute uh, poise. I reckon that's a good word for him. Poise and sharpness. The, se- the selection of shots smelling blood in the water, going in for the kill, and ending it quickly. Not, I tell you what, not many of his fights ever, ever reached the second round. He's only ever gone to decision once in his entire career, and that was at the Contender Series in a fight that he really controlled. So if you're Danny Roberts, I reckon you are going to be uh, buying a lottery ticket if you make the second round at this point. I agree, Mako Shark. And look, I just want to uh, step back to where you've dropped poise because I love a segue, as you know. Mako mm, Shark. You do. I love a Segway. And my uh, the new industry I'm in also loves Segways, Mako Shark. So this is now, I'm a double Segway boy. I might be a Segway rider and I'm also a Segway podcaster, Mako Shark. This next segment, if you want to scream poise, 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 scream it from the top of the rooftops, as angry and as upset and as rivaled up you get, Mako Shark, you only do show poise. You also, where our man Madalena shows sharpness, you show shark Mako Shark in this segment because you are the Mako Shark. It's not sharp, it's shark, and that is exactly what it is. Poise, sharkness, buttery vocals. You talked about buttery fists with our guest Mako Shark. Well, I'll tell you, there's no man, there's no man on earth with a segment like yours that has more buttery tones and dulcet sounds as the Mako Shark. Now, I say it every week. Doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, who your mother and dad is, what job you do, what car you drive, what on earth you're selling? If you do the wrong thing, this man will put you on blast with absolute poise, sharpness, buttery vocals, Mako Shark. It's my favourite segment. I say it every week. It's your favourite segment because you love it. Now we've got 55 things that have pissed you off. 55 things that have really pissed you off, Mako Shark. I've said pissed off twice because I'm pissed off now that this is going a little bit long, this intro, Mako. I'll cut it up there, baby. And I'll tell you, for everyone out there, it's your favourite segment. Shark Tank. We're getting buttery here tonight. We are absolutely buttery. We're dripping butter here tonight. I tell you what, 
Mako Shark Tank at 55. This week, I have had enough of chips without salt, Matthew. Chips without salt. Is there anything shitter on this planet? No. More disappointing, more upsetting, more salt-crushing than a chip without salt. I tell you what, if you haven't got salt on a chip, you are eating nothing but a boring plank of wretched potato. I cannot cop yeah. it, Matthew. We've all experienced the heartache of just slipping into a KFC drive-thru, getting our fucking chicken and our chips, and we drive off, and all of a sudden you pull the chip box out of the car, little bloody container there, and you go to eat one, and what do you see? You see no salt, <laughs> not a single grain of salt in the box, and you feel like running your car off the road through a brick wall and ending yeah. it all. That's how I feel. I don't know about you at home. But I can't cop it, mate. I cannot cop it. Is there anything worse, Matthew, than a chip without no. salt? It glistens. You know it hasn't got salt because you get the weird mo- – because you know that when they're in the box and then they've been, they've been ensconced in it, like they're steaming. When there's no salt, you open up that thing and it's almost like a weird glisten looking at you going, gotcha. And you can't add the salt after the fact. You've got to cook oh, in the salt. Off. It's got to become embedded. You can't get a little salt sachet like at the cricket and the footy at the G. We've got to, like, you know, those little crap little bit of paper oh, yeah. ones and you tap and you just, it all goes on one chip. It's the worst thing ever. You can see the after salt. And then I hear not... people at home now currently probably saying, hey, Mako Shark, that's why you got to ask for extra salt. But I tell you what, it's a fucking dangerous game asking Gamble. for extra salt because sometimes <laughs> I reckon these, yeah. these cunts. These young yep. fuckwits, I reckon they go, yeah. oh, this prick wants extra salt, does he? I'm going to fucking show this dickhead. And they go ham on it, and they throw a whole box on your chip, and then you can't eat them. Yeah. It's just fucking yeah. – your whole mouth starts just getting paralysed, and you, all of a sudden you feel the sodium just ripping out the moisture, <laughs> and you, you shrivel up. There's so much salt on them, you can't eat them anymore. You end up looking so like our mate on the cigarette packet. You're looking like Brian on the cigarette pack because you've been over-salted, <laughs> and it's probably worse than no salt if I have to be honest. So it's too much of a risk to be asking for extra salt because it's almost insulting to the people in the fucking restaurant. So I don't do it very often because I feel like you you look like a bit of a pretentious fuckwit if you ask for extra salt. Well, you just got to, it's a gamble. You got to take your fucking punch. We put too much trust in these punks. You got to, you got to trust them, even though they just time after time they fuck you, but you have to put trust in these people. I tell you what. So the other day I copped an absolute, not a bag, a box of chips. Where were you? No salt. I was just sort of driving past the KFC. I had to slip in. I was a bit peckish. Fuck yeah, me. Slip in. They had the $2 yeah. larges. I don't know if you saw that. They probably oh, cost something on the salt. $2 large chips promo was running a few weeks ago. Oh. And uh, I thought, well, you know what? I've got show. a $2 coin here. Not often you have a fucking coin 2022. And I thought, oh. I'll just drop a $2 coin here. You get a large chips. And if oh, I if best. I get it right, this is going to be beautiful. Because a, a well-salted KFC chip is almost orgasmic, Matthew. So Yeah. Ooh, Unfortunate yeah. for me, as Stone Cold would say, ah, ah, didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't make a shark, I tell you. Well, now on Johnny 2 segue, Matty C, I'll segue off your segment into my aggression when you said it didn't happen. That's what you said then, mm. didn't you? You said it didn't happen, right? Tell you what didn't happen yeah. for me Saturday night was a smooth, smooth pizza process. Oh, no. You were a one-out most... man with the tin lids at home. Yeah, All look, the Dale came, Dale came home midweek and said, there could be a potential chance I might be able to get away for a night. What do you think? I said, go. You, you deserve a trip. If go anyone deserves a night deserve away, it, you, you, yep. you put in bloody – yeah, anyway, it's not going to come the let's all get around Walsh no, no. show, but I'll tell you, if she a woman puts in, that's that away. one puts in. She does, yeah. So she deserves a, a day, night, half a day away, which was all it was. I said, you go. So I was like, great. And I'll, I'll dad up. And I, like, I knew that the uh, one of the other husbands would be left with kids, and I knew there's an Italian that lives around the corner that's always up for an activity. So I like, this will be – I have a bit of a morning with the kids, and then I'll go and catch up with the boys. Went up to the Grape and Hop 
on Weir Street. It was lovely. We were, we were getting lots of like praise, weird, but like we live in a world, three dudes can't be there with kids without people going, oh, where's mum? And we're like, yeah, where? That's on the loose. Oh, wow. You should have How'd said get the... all three of our wives died in a plane crash, right? Now, or we should have said we're all dating in a polyamorous relationship and these are all our children. Yeah, what of it? Anyway. But it was just weird, like, where's my, well, why, why can't we come up there and have a beer? But it was funny anyway. So I was like, I'm riding. I got home just before Zari's actual bedtime and she didn't fall asleep in the pram. I was killing life, Mako Shah. I hadn't had one incident all day. It's about 6 o'clock, put her down, and then I put her down and then I ordered my pizza, right? Said, please make yep. it come at 7 o'clock because I thought I'll do the oh, Leo. And he always asked for two, loves two extra minutes and ends up being 15. So I thought, because mum's not here, I won't be as harsh as I normally am. I'm pretty stern on the bedtimes, Mako Shark. Got to keep a good, strict sort of uh, parenting. Otherwise, they, they really take the piss out of you. And that, two minutes yep. becomes two hours. So I got him down. It's like, great. Crack, yep. crack the can. And we'll get into the boxing. But turned on the stand, sport, boxing. And I thought, I am just dominating. We're going to have one and a half years. My pizza's going to ding dong. I've done in my pizza by 7.30. I'll have a good amount of time to digest. And then I'll go to bed and I'll just, I'll just dominate, right? So that, that's perfect world. It doesn't happen. It gets to 7 o'clock, nothing. I go, well, they're always late, these people. So yeah, I'll, give right. them, I'll give them a half hour because I'm not that hungry at the minute. I've had a beer, you know, yep. yeah, I sort of cooked it. Anyway, 7.30. So it's an hour and a half now. Nothing. Uh-oh. Ring. Get a lady. No, get a boy. Young bloke. Good fellow. He goes, mate, I, I apologize. Been a really full on night and uh, oh, I'm actually getting a pizza right now. I'm going to deliver it right now. So great. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Yeah, this Might have even said drive safe, I reckon. You just weirdly nice. just said, it's, you know, it's affable. It was, it was affable, nice. right? It was absolutely yeah, right. a, a yeah. So then, like, 15 minutes goes past. It's like now quarter to eight. And I'm like, hang on. Like, he was taking the out of the box. Far, is it? Shop's, shop's only four minutes away. It's a four minute little sojourn. Well, let's be honest. Mayo seven. Seven, really, in a car. Seven. Yeah, all right. Seven minutes yeah. sojourn. So I gave him double seven and one minute. I'm like, well, yes. So I rang, and then a woman answered, and I've had I've dealt with this woman before. You know, I mean, some people shouldn't be in jobs. She shouldn't be answering the phones for a, a busy pizza Real shop. S- Ironically, I was talking about no salt. I reckon she had a ton of salt. Salty bitch, saltiest, absolute yeah. woman on earth. Anyway, go. Excuse me, just chasing up an order. Yeah, where is it? I said, yeah. She goes, yep. Fifteen minutes. I said, no worries. Good on you. I was like, whatever. It was fucking like, two hours it was coming out. Fifteen minutes yeah, ago. I know. But I was just like, whatever. I'm trying to approach, since being a dad, more of a zen type thing where I don't let things get me. Because, you know, I've already lost my hair. I just don't – you don't want to get ill or something from being stressed. So I'm like, whatever. Mm. I'm on my own. Mm -hmm. There's no time limit. I'm a grown man, right? I'll just live my life. So I was like, whatever, right? Whatever. Mako Shark, 15 minutes goes by, ring back. Third call. Yeah, I'm like, look, it's quarter past – It's quarter past eight. Um. It's now been sort of, yeah, and she goes, oh, uh, uh, yep, now nah, let me check. Yeah, now nah, it's on it's on route. I'm like, righto. Oh, yeah. I said, just so you know, right. I could have like probably like walked into town, picked it up. So I started just getting a little bit salty, like just giving little barbs, yeah. just a little test barb across because I'm bit like, this bullshit. Yeah. Yep. 15 minutes goes by. So we're at 8.30 now. Another 15. It's 15 yeah. chunks. There's just chunks of 15 flying by. Chunks of 15, Mako Shark. And rang back. You know what she's gone with? Have you got fourth call? No one's ever gone fourth call ever in history of pizza delivery. Look, look at the four oh, eight what's she gone with? Yeah, that's massive. There it is, four of them. She's going, with, excuse me, sir, who's calling? Where, where, where's the delivery going to? And I'm like, I said, what? She goes, I said, fucking Briar Hill. She goes, 
You're no, fucking I'm sorry, sir. I don't don't know what you're talking about. We, what's the name? Oh, I'm like, excuse me, love. We've spoken excuse to each other, you and I, twice, and I've spoken to a young fella, lovely fella, once. We're at now three. I've spoken to you. She goes, no, no, we haven't spoke. And I'm like, oh, should have set me your own off. table. I went. I did the eyes roll. Remember in the KTM when, when I went a little bit hard in the drive-through and I was being lovely, and then you set me off, and I just showed yeah. elements of the old Matty C. Oh, I yeah. just did. I just out. I just let out this massive like, fuck. get fucked like that, right? And then hung up because I just had enough, right? And then I thought, Uh-oh. fuck, I don't know when my pizza's going to be. That's so four the, minutes later, big... I rang back just to like, stop. <laughs> <That's laughs> cool. And then, then the bloke picks up because like, mm. obviously my numbers come up, and I've let the big get fuck go. And then obviously yeah, she's, she's traumatized by it. So he's answered Baco <laughs> Shark. He goes, Is this the bike that abused my staff? I said, oh, well, I didn't say that, fair, did he? He did. Golden rule. I swear on anything you want me to swear on. This is exactly oh, word yeah. for word how it went. Is this the man <laughs> that abused my staff? I said, Look, it is, mate. But she, to be fair, she called me a liar. So, you know, tit for tat. Like, she called me yeah, a name. Yeah, I yeah. called her a name. I didn't actually call yep. her a name. I said, I made a statement. Yeah. He goes, I'm going to yep. tell you right now. And he, he goes, I'll get the driver on the phone, find out what your pizza is. And he gets the driver. I'm not going to lie what he says. He goes, well, you mind his name was like Boston. Weird name. Weird sort of trendy kid name. He's like, where are you? Yeah, kid goes, I can hear the kid go. He's got a loudspeaker. About two minutes away, he goes, yeah, just be careful with this one. He's fiery. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No. That's what he's going with. A golden rule. No. And then he said, he goes, mate, two minutes away. He goes, if you speak to my staff like that again, I'll come oh, to your man. house Boy. myself and sort you out. He didn't say this. The golden rule. And then I missed the absolute, I had the Costanza moment. So then I'm like, whatever, mate. What I, should said- I should have said, well, at least my fucking pizza would come, cocksucker. Yeah. Because he would be would have bought it. I, was, I missed it. I missed you it. You had to Mick. say that. You it would have been the it. crowning moment of my aggressive phone things. You so then it comes. Said- well, I had <laughs> sex with your wife. That's what you should have said. Could have and should have, but I missed it. So anyway. I'm putting them on blast. Nando's Pizza. No, that's fucked. That's, that's fucked. the most They're rude people. thing I've ever heard. I'm going to That's word for word what happened too. I promise you. She's going to come sort me out. And I was telling um, I was telling the Italian on the big wheel about it on Sunday and Mel was there. Mel laughed. She goes, but what would he have done if you walked in looking like you? I said, I know. Mm-hmm. Like, what if I, and said, what if I'm yeah. a psychopath? What if I went, actually, all right, I, I want to fight. I'm going to go down there and fight you. Just weird. It's a weird open know, invitation. Uh, you might know. Krav Maga. He might know Krav Maga. Well, he must he have, him, or he's nuts. just, I don't know, or he's showing off in front of like his staff, like, look at me, I'm protecting you. But I wasn't anyway, even that's, being aggressive. Um, anyway. Let's put your next pizza order in big jeopardy with these people. They're going to have your number absolutely uh, starred. Black, black, not a black star, but a black flag. There's been some history. Name. There's been some history with these people. They um, they often the, uh, take two hours. Yeah, cubes oh, on um, your next pizza. It was the world's worst pizza. It was cold. I then tried to save it with a bit of heat in the oven, a bit of market. I just nah, it wasn't. It's, nah, fucking it was cooked. Scrotum and, and then I was. <laughs> anyway, mate, I guess I thought you'd like that because that was actually word for word. There was there was maybe like three percent mayo on that story. In That's areas. pretty low mayo. It's a low ratio mm. of mayo to uh, low to mayo. So, so out like there, if you yeah, if you got any Nando yeah, stories, hit us up because I'm sure they've got a few other people in the valley. So it's Nando's Elfham Pizza. I know the joint. Yeah. They're not a bad pizza. Yeah. No, I, I know. But the, the, they're uh, hit and miss, Mick. In the day. They're either red hot, like 20, red hot. 20 years ago. We had one with James that day. When James came and we played yeah. the How Old Are They. Yeah, beautiful pizza when it's on. But when they're like delivering your pizza and they're in the car for two hours and they're trying to do five deliveries and, and yours is last, shocking. Yeah. 
Nah, fuck anyway, them. It's a long-winded. I didn't mean to take over the segment, but I, I thought that was worthy of the pod. No, I liked it. It was a fancy, uh, good story in the end. Quite a nice yeah. story. Happy with that. I missed my zing them, moment. But anyway, I'll learn from it, Mick. Unfortunate. Yeah. Anyway, Mako Shark, that's enough about us and our aggressive mannerisms away from the podcast. A little glimpse into what goes on in my world on a Saturday night. It's really exciting. Um, let's just uh, let's roll into something that is exciting, actually exciting, and that's a UFC or weekly Palmerbet Perth, Palmerbet Perth update, Mako Shark. What do you got for me? What's changed? What's been added? Any change? Any excitement? Groin still getting, you know, movement? Give it to us. That news note, the noise. Mm. Perth update, Perth update, news flash. I couldn't, I couldn't find a good one, so apologies nah, for nah. listening. I'll do it. Yeah. Perth update. UFC yeah. 284, Palmerbet, Perth update. The boys. Tell you what, mm. there's been some stories over the past seven days. This just every week we're going to be coming to you with the Perth update. Friend of the pod, Josh Kulabau, our man, one of the greatest, nicest fellas in Australian combat sports, He's booked, baby. He's going to Perth. He's fighting. We're going to be there. We're going to be cheering on. We're going to be uh, cheerleading, I would have thought, a friend of the pod. It's just another friend of the pod on this card, Matthew. This whole entire card, I'm staking a reputation on it. Every single fight is going to contain a friend of the pod. Well, that that would be humongous. And we're doing the Anzac Multimaker Shark. And speaking about our vow man and our friend of the pod, he's vowed, vowed, to steal the show. I've seen it multiple quotes. Mm-hmm. Val well, he's to steal, steal it. it, mate. He'll steal. Joshy cool about up against a bad man, too, by the name of uh, this is a hard one to say, too, just quietly. Let's get it. Melsic Bagdasarain. I hope yeah, I said that right. right. It's very hard. Bagdasarain. Yeah, no, that's it. Bagdasarain. He's a he's a tough man, right? But you know what? He doesn't stand a chance against nah. A friend of the pod in Josh Kuya Kulabau. So excited when that announcement came through over the newswire. I was very pumped to see it. We've been waiting for this man to get a fight for a few What's months. What's the count now? now? He's finally done it. What's the count? How many have we got on the show so far? Friends of? Hmm. Well, let's talk about Josh Kulabau. It's one. Tick him off. One. Fire Jack Crudy Jenkins. Pie. Tick him off. Well, Crudy Pie hasn't officially been announced for the car, but, you know, he'd be on it. Let's go He'll three. Yep. Our man we've just had on, Jack Della Maddalena, has not obviously been announced, but, but he'll just be on assume it. he's on there. That's, That's four. four? We've Jesus. got another one. I, I swear to God there's another one out there. It has to be. Uh, not yet, but there will be. There'll be more. <laughs> we'll get Volk on. We'll get Pedro on. We'll get Justin Taffer yeah. gang on. Oh, they reckon the Turkish delight. He's talking about it. So no, he's on. He announced the No, no, he's not announced on. yet. Shannon Ross. He said he's, he's on. He's on, though. Five. We're still waiting for the official word, but he's on. So that's about five, six, seven friends of the pod. This is going to be uh, just brought to you by who the fuck, I reckon. We should almost try and hire some space there for a big, like a who the fuck after party and have all the friends of the pod. Bloody a tent set up. Marquee. Mark. Marquee. So that, that's big. There's, there's a little bit of, uh, I'll tell you, I've said it on this podcast before, Mako Joke, many a time. Look, I, I don't dislike, <clears throat> pardon me, didn't hit the mute button with my little sort of clear throat there. Um, I don't like Dana White or, or dislike the man, but I do know he never does the right thing by the Aussie fighters, in my opinion, on the grand scheme of things, right? Because we've got an absolute fucking match that's made, that's ready to go, and I'm starting to see if I'm right, Mako. You'll be able to confirm for me. There's a little bit of sort of dicky work on the Twitters and the socials that sort of are starting to get me a little bit worried and or concerned that the Volk 
Makachev fight might just be weirdly put in a different date for no reason other than he just wants to be a miserable fuck at times, Dana, and ruin it for everyone. Well, yeah, there's a few seeds of doubt just starting to sprout. That rhymed. Well done by me. Um, Look, I'm not happy with it either. You're right. Uh, Volk's just going, oi, what's going on? Sign the contract. Are you a man of your word? Let's get this fucking show on the road. Then Islam says, okay, my short guy, I, uh, I've signed any contract before me, but he says, I think UFC think you're too short. You're too short guy. So I don't know what's happening. Is the UFC getting cold feet? Are they? Do they not want it? Is that what's happening? I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't think they want it. I don't think they want it. I don't think it's uh, for the another day. Losing. I just think they don't want the fight. So yeah, it could. I, I'm getting nervous, as you said. Like if we get a Volk in his current, you know, title fight, fantastic. But like, there's no one that I really want to see him fight. We're going to smash anyone. Doesn't matter who it's they put him. Boring, it's not fight, boring, but it's sort of like there's no. There's, only thing that can happen is you not be ruined. Well, it won't be ruined if say he. No, has I'm just to saying fight that's the only positive. The only possible like, there's no like, oh, is he going to be a champ, champ? But like, you know, know he's probably going to win. But if he loses, you're going to fucking put your head through a brick wall. So it's like it's really a terrible, it's a terrible result for the fans if that's the main event. In my opinion. Well, if that's if they have to go with the 145 defense, it's going to be against an Arnold Allen or a Josh Emmett or a Yaya Rodriguez. Don't Josh Emmett. We get a touch, Josh Emmett main event. I'll be sick. It'll be Mortal Kombat fucking perfect. Is it Mortal Kombat? Perfect. Flawless, whatever the fuck so. they say. Flawless. Flawless yes. victory. Finish him. It'll be sort of flawless victory, sort of. Like Max Holloway couldn't land a fucking punch on this man. As if these other fucking Correct. Johnny come lately is going to land a punch. So, no. Well, at the end of the day, it means we're going to get like a nice, we'll just be sort of having some piss cans and watching Volk do his thing. But you kind of want the big fight, don't you? You want the, history, uh, the history. You want to see some big old history. You want to see the champ champ. Is the possible champ champ potential just it's just there for the taking we want it we want the massive massive stakes in perth so i hope this all happens i hope the ufc just get their head out of their asshole and just yeah. get this fight signed as i said it maybe they don't know because the last time they've know. done an in-ring an in-ring thing where they've let the fans get excited was when they let brock in and they went cromier brock for the belt and we're all like oh my god the boats were nearly fighting each other over this and he came yeah. in and pushed him and it was made Burst on the through spot. And then it, nothing ever got spoken about. And then nothing. this is happening again. They let him in. Mm. They shouldn't have let him in. Like Dana's there. Don't like go. No, mate. We haven't. You can't just let a bot get in and then have the guy go. You send. You send location and contract. And they're all doing stuff. And then you got you got, you got uh, Kabibi. He's there, like doing like bowing to him and like yeah, you're you're the guy. And you can't well, have that it. for the fans. And then not do it. No. You just can't. Can't do it. Maybe they just for you. some reason they're nervous that the Volk. Even though he's the goat, and we in Australia love him, and everyone pops for him on a worldwide scale, it doesn't seem like he's that Conor McGregor level of star, is he? So maybe they're nervous that if Volk all of a sudden is a champ, champ holding two division titles, he's not this big draw card. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Maybe they're nervous that he doesn't sell. He's a, a bigger a draw than paper. fucking Makachev, though. Makachev well, he is, is fucking. He's a bum. Yeah. I can. That's the only thing I can think of. Like, why wouldn't they just book it? Well, they should want Volk to fight him and take the belt off the bloke who's got no charisma and right. very like, yeah, take it off him. Think you know, of like yeah. Volk winning and then fighting your Poirier's or your Chandler's or your, oh. your Dai It's so many good fights. Yeah. yeah so I hope this And then there's another thing that's sort of been now Al Jermaine's just he's just he's he's the he's the man that we won't name in Australian boxing equivalent in the UFC. Yeah. 
talks a bit of shit. He's off now. Doesn't fight. Al-Germain. Doesn't like fighting. Doesn't fight. Doesn't fight. He just had a fight. He's, he's like, off. nah, I'll take six months off. Well, get fucked, mate. Like, so then they're going to do like probably an interim, but in March. So you know, we've gone from having two, gone from having a champ, yeah. champ fight and a fight to like, it just shits me. I'm actually getting annoyed. I knew this would happen. It'll all come together. It's all right. Aljamain's stealing. He stinks anyway. Who cares? Don't care. But I'm with you. I'm with you. Hopefully something gets sorted and this card actually gets the uh, the hype and the big fights that we deserve here in Perth because we deserve the Agreed. biggest fights possible. So fingers crossed that all comes comes out in the wash and it's all just uh, nervous for no reason. Nervous Nellies for no reason, Mako Shark. And I'll tell you, uh, we were nervous Nellies on the weekend because we had a really big, a really big uh Palmerbet multi with the UFC, and I would like to ask you how we went and how the event went. The event was okay, a bit of a flat sort of fight night, not a whole lot happening, not uh, a lot of high stakes sort of stuff. It was an okay event. The yes. multi, in the end, I think actually went quite well, except that the first leg just fucking blew up. So it was dead from the start, which always flattens me out. It flattens me right out when leg one goes bust. But then yep. from then on, I think I just went tick, 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 which is unfortunate. But uh, I, I back my man, the Danish Mark Madsen, to get the job done against this uh, up-and-coming Grant Dawson. I just don't think I gave Grant Dawson enough respect. He actually came in and just dominated Mark Madsen uh, in a way that Mark Madsen has never been dominated before. Got the submission dom- and uh, just yeah. controlled him. It was a, He's the real deal, Grant Dawson, here at Lightweight. And uh, he's one to watch, I would have thought. Blew the multi up. So Blew you'll never it up. be forgiven for that. Some, but no, but we, we, geez, I tell you, but we say every week, Maker, you don't have to put them all on. And if you had taken that leg out and put the rest on, you were still mortgaging, mauling your mortgage, I should say. So look, you had some spicy odds. Maybe tell us how some of the big spices got up. Spicy spices. Uh, Tagia Ulanbekov, I was red hot on him to get the job done against Nate Amanis, and that's exactly what he did. Looked real good, too. First round submission there, so that was exciting. Dulan Bekov, he's a he's a tough man, mate. These Russians, they're uh, a different breed, and he got the job done exactly in the style and fashion you thought he would. Uh, I can't remember if I put this one in the multi. Derek Min, I think, against Shailan Nodenbeka. Did I put that in the multi? I think I might have. I can't quite remember. Mm, if I you said did. It on the pod, but no, you did. Becker just ran through Derek Minna. Um, bit of an injury. I think he might have hurt his leg. It's actually been a bit of. Uh, conjecture on the internet potentially you see that during the week some uh betting scheme oh yeah i reckon there was yes. sort of uh something going on there with odds just plunging on a first round stoppage for norden becker because apparently people knew about minna might have gone in with an injury and then like potentially Ooh. loading up against himself i'm not sure what's going on there so watch that space could be a bit of tr- bit of trouble there for Derek minna yes it's a bad uh, space to be in, Mako Shark. The uh, rigging fire to all sort of betting controversies. And I tell you, there's never a controversy or a bad betting with Palmer Bet. We just we just say to you, please do so responsibly. It's a little Always. plug there. Yeah, nice plug. Nice plug. Very well uh, very well plugged there. Next fight mm. was the one that I was real confident on. Neil Magny versus Daniel Rodriguez. Magny, yeah. too good for Rodriguez, I thought. It was always going to be a bit too good. Got the start no, in yes. the third yeah. round. Nice submission, and, you know, he's just always there. He's now got the most wins in welterweight history. He's one of these blokes, like this real sort of journeyman, veteran, just never quite right putting his hand up for a world title shot, but just always winning, Mm. always winning fights here and there. 20, I think, 20 wins at welterweight, which is quite phenomenal. 
Staggering stuff. We uh, go back through the uh, the episodes, if you haven't already, listeners, and the ones that have will know that uh, I'm 99.9% sure when old mate Rodriguez's last fight was a bit of a controversial decision, was it not? And we were maybe was. sort of, we were as excited as, a, as he himself was and maybe some of the Twitter nerds. We sort of called it out and was like, well, it wasn't that good a performance. And then flowing on into that, into the Magni, we were all over the big magnitude. We, the, the Nissan Magna, as I said, not Mitsubishi. So mm-hmm. we, uh, we called it quite well again. Oh, 100%. I think uh, he wasn't uh, the underdog, was he, Magni? But it was quite close, I think, in the odds. So dollar ninety-five, I think, or dollar eighty-five to two hundred five. Yeah, it's a bit so much. Great value because the, the magnitude, the magnitude, the magnitude. As you said, he was he was always going to win that. I thought so. That was safe money. Mm. I would have thought putting uh, as much as you want on that. So good performance by us. Good performance by Magni. Moving into yeah. the main, Amanda Lemos yeah. versus Marina Rodriguez in a women's strawweight bout. Lemos yes. just showing her power and her fucking knockout Oof. potential. Like she just bashed her, didn't she, in the end there in the third standing, round? Early. Standing up knockouts are sickening, Mako. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Just battering, sort of battering her around a bit. And yeah. I think she, Rodriguez might have acted like early stoppage, but I don't think so, darling. I think you are. Uh, I think she it was, was fair gone. enough stoppage. I think she was beautiful done. stoppage. Yep, that was a classy yeah. stoppage because the girl was knocked out leaning on the cage. Anything more would have been exactly. CTE. Yep. Would have been a CTE so real multi, Christmas. The, you don't want, no one wants a CTE Christmas, I'll tell you that much. That's <laughs> not one thing you want under the tree. Ooh, um, nah. Good performance in the Mako Multi, apart from the first leg, unfortunately. But I'm um, happy with the result, really. Fantastic by good. you, Mako Shark. And let's take some of that good, good punting and responsible punting into a big. UFC this week, a big pay-per-view, the big, 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 big time slot for Australian fans too at 2 o'clock in the Arvo. Perfect. Not for some people that have events on, but others. Perfect. Mako, talk to me. Multi my jocks off and get, let's get a winner mm-hmm. up. Let's do it. UFC 281, Matthew. This is where we make our living here on the big pay-per-views. This is where we do it. This is where we come to the party. Mm. Uh, Palmer bet, as always, gamble responsibly. But I tell you what. We always talk about leg ones of multi sometimes fucking us over. And we get a bit nervous on leg ones, don't we, Matthew? But this week, we mate, you're never, ever, ever going to see a sexier leg one than this. This <laughs> leg one is dripping with sex. This is 10 pounds of sex in a five-pound bag, Matthew. This is yeah. Carlos Ulberg, the black Sexberg. The absolute sexberg, sex rudo, sex dripping bird. with all sorts of coitus. This man is going to come into the ring looking a million dollars. And he's going to get it done, mate. He's going to win. He's going to, he's going to come that. into the ring looking like a million dollars and smelling of sex. Dripping. The, the odour of sex will be in the building when this man walks out. I tell you what. <laughs> well, he's, we're going to put him in the multi. Jokes aside, fans and listeners, we were. We do put get a, a warning bit. on the screen when this man walks out, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> Pay a dollar misses his eyeballs. Dollar eighty one. Worth every cent up against Nikolai Negamaranu. I don't know too much about Keanu Marano. Keanu Marano. He's thirteen and one, so he 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 uh, he threatens. He's obviously a dangerous yeah. man at thirteen and one, but fuck off, I reckon, because you're fighting a man that's <laughs> yeah, just too it. sexy. So yeah. fuck off. Sex wins every time. Well, I'm never <laughs> not putting sex rod in the multi, so that's just how we roll here. He's the in. Sexberg lettuce. He's in. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's very good. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I've got uh, one for the yeah. next one. Surely you're putting yeah. him in. Go with it. 
this is how we do it. Montel, this is how we do it. That's who you're going <laughs> with, isn't it? Montel. Montel Jackson. <laughs> I hadn't looked too far into this fight. I'm a bit nervous now. It's but... a dangerous, yeah, we'll go past it. it that, that's more, I was just, I just, before I said the Sexburg lettuce and had a bit of a gag, that was going to be my gag, but then I gagged but thought it's still worth saying it. So I gagged, gagged. Yeah, gag, gag. Sometimes hard to pull yeah. off, but I'm happy with that. Yeah. Look, I'm mm-hmm. not going to put him in the multi just because I don't know who he is. Just one to watch, oh. though, listeners. <laughs> Definitely one to watch, Montel. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm going to put, not put in, because that's a bit strange, but I'm going to push in <laughs> to the next fight that I want to put in the multi. Yeah. Brendan Frivola, otherwise known as Matt Frivola in the UFC oh, yes. circles, up against yeah. Otman Azate. This man, Otman, 13 and 0, oh, a dangerous it. operator. And I'm going mm. to tell you, Matthew, if you've got the, uh, the app open, the Palmerbet app, got it open. app in the biz. It is Just easiest. click on Otman for me and put him in the multi. He's a slight, slight favourite at dollar ninety, and Matty Clunkasaurus Favola there. He's a dollar ninety four. So it's sort of, it's a real I think overs. I think overs here for Otman because you look at his. We've had record. we've had Favola in though, haven't we? Before we've backed Favola. Maybe we have just because he looks like it sounds like Brendan Favola. Maybe Brendan Favola, the Fevolution. Potentially, we've just stuck him in for fucking lols. But I think yeah. he got bashed in about two minutes, two seconds by uh, our man T Rex so a while back. So I'm telling you what, Otman Azatir, as I like to call him, he's his record. He smashed blokes. He just smashes blokes in the first round for a living. This guy. Smashed yep. Karma Worthy in a minute and a half with punches. Before that, he beat a bloke in the first round. Before that, 32 seconds, round one with punches. Before that, two minutes with punches. Before that, 56 seconds with punches. He's had a 16-second yeah. win. He's had, he's just a fucking dangerous operator, so I'm putting him in. And he's in. Thank you very much. This next fight, interesting. The meatball, Matthew, the meatball. Molly McCann. Interesting that she's separated from the baddie for a, for a fight, and she's on her lonesome here in New York. She's fighting well, without the Paddy the Baddie backing her in, but she's he'll got Portnoy. Uh, will he, though? He probably won't be. He'll be deep in camp because he's fighting in a month. He'll still be at home, I think, back in the uh, okay. in the pool. Well, the she represents an extreme scouser value in this fight, Mako Sharp. Would you I like know. She's about like four bucks or something. Four twenty. I was thinking I'll put McCann in because, you know, she's on a bit of a tear and just elbowing people and winning and doing like the mm. dances and Dave Portnoy's grabbing her and ripping his shoulder yeah, out of the socket right. and that, all that sort yeah. of stuff. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to start thinking. I looked into this Erin Blanchfield. She's 9-1 and one and she's paying like not a Dollar lot. 20. Dollar like 20. A hot, like the hottest favourite almost on the card. And that yep. made me think, shit, maybe she's going to smash meatball. But I just don't know. It got me a bit, uh, bit I think up in you, here. I think what you, you? Rep- I think we've oh, always got to back McCann until she show- gives us any reason not to. Well, the fucking value's there, isn't it? Well, you stick her in the multi. That's going to triple, triple it up. Well, she's on I a tear. She, she's on a tear. It's got, it's got me nervous. Portnoy, Maybe we Portnoy doesn't back. Portnoy, Portnoy, put it in. Put it in for Portnoy? Yep. I'm probably with you, even though, yeah, that's absurd odds for a chick on a fucking, like, a three or four fight tear paying four Probably. bucks. I reckon uh, stick her in, Matthew. She loves to stand and bang, it. and, yeah, she's a chance to stand win any bang. fight, I reckon. This Blanchfield, though, she could be the legit real deal, so who knows? Oh, well. Fucking so bet at your uh, 
at your own peril at home, if you're listening to me, don't come at me and blame me for this one because I'm giving you the out now. But stick her in the multi. We, we tell them not to stick them all on. It's up to we, we give no, you we the absolute, the honest truth value of a multi, but then we tell you pick and choose. Do a bit of your own form guide. 100%. You got to stand on your own two yeah. feet. Next fight, right. interesting yeah. fight. A man that we're not big fans of on this pod, Dominic Reyes, up against Ryan Superman Span. Now, is it, we're not a big fan just, because he's got like the monotone, I don't know, DC. He's just a bit of a goo about this boat. Yeah. Dominic Reyes. <laughs> and I just didn't, I really didn't like his whole shtick yeah. before that John Jones fight. And I think he was just a little bit cringe for mine, talking about as a high school athlete and he's a football player and John Jones couldn't even get on the football team. It was like, mate, just pull up, all right? Who gives mm. a shit about your, your failed high school football career? Doesn't mean you're going to beat one of the greatest fighters of all time. In the he's end, lost, probably, he's lost. Four fights in a row since that? He's lost three straight since uh, – he's lost three straight. He's lost John Jones, yeah. Jan Blahovic, and Yuri Plachaka. So, look, <laughs> he's lost to three of the greats in that division. Probably you can't – stunning fashion too. Stunning fashion losses. Well, he nearly beat John Jones. That's his, that's his hanging his hat on that performance. He did very well in that fight, it must be said. A lot of people say he, he won that fight. I don't agree. You go back and watch it. I think Jones just did enough. He's representing uh, no value in this fight, mate. Go at all, though. What's he paying? $1.40. Okay. Then he lost to Blahovic, who just fucked him with those body shots and just fucked him a bit. And then Prohaka just murdered him with a spinning elbow. So, look, he's lost three on the trot, on a bit of a skid, but he's lost to the three best blokes in the division. To be honest, hasn't he really? So Superman span two seventy five. I like I like Superman span. You feeling span the span man? No, no, I'm not feeling. I just like the name, but I, I like the value. I'm a value hunter, but we've just I given you like value. So bloke. go with go with your heart. I'm not a fan of anybody that has giant Superman tattoo on his chest. That could be in in no. another realm in the Shark Tank doing that sort of stuff. <laughs> yep. What about doing not it and great. then going up to Bon Jovi because you copied Bon Jovi and went, "Hey, I got your tattoo," and Bon Jovi went, "Cool, man." Cool. Who did that? Michael Slater? Michael Slater. Yeah, Michael Slater. Have you seen a bigger skid? Have you seen a bigger skid than some of these cricketers, mate? They're the cricketers. You put the cricketers. I don't want to tell you how to suck eggs, but please, one episode in the coming months, put the entire sport of cricket and including anyone that plays it over the age of 25 and anyone on a professional level, they're all gronks, all of them except for the Indians. (laughs) I love the Indian cricket team. They're not gronks. Okay. I get painted yep. with a Gronk picture, but they're all they're normal human beings. All of them, they're superheroes in their country. They're like multi-gazillionaires, and they don't seem to be as big a Gronks as like anyone that's ever played for Australia in the last two decades. Cricket's you, cooked, it's a mate. thing, mate. Cricket's dead in the water. Like, if you were a lifeguard, sport in the you'd, world. Be, you'd be jumping in and trying to pull the fucking sport of cricket out of the water because they are You ever seen these local cricketers over the age of 30 still playing? Like, they're nah, weird, man. Weirdos. Hoggy. Fucking weirdos. Michael Hogg, Hoggy, yeah, mate, yeah, if you're out there listening, I think you might be yeah. listening too. If you're out there, just wrap it up, Hoggy, mate. Come on. It's over. You're done. Hoggy's getting Play better with age. Playing A grade now, Hoggy. <laughs> is Hoggy getting better with age or is the standard of cricket rapidly declining? Well, I'm a, I'm a big, I was a big Hoggy. We, we spent a lot of time with Hoggy and I, I'm going to I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. I love Man, him. He's got a fucking appetite for work and he works hard. There's no way the age of like length. fucking 40. Whatever he would be by now, because he was a couple of years older than us. Like, no way. It, just suddenly at forty, he's an A grade cricketer. All of a sudden, Hoggy's also the played. Sport. He lost. He lost a premiership by a point. I saw. They were up by like seven right. goals at three quarter time and lost. 
He's Shout playing out to Hoggy. Sport, Hoggy. <laughs> when me, you, He's and got Hoggy, more airtime than a lot of blokes. Caught the bus out to Doncaster Shopping Town and bought Kevin Sheedy fucking coach. And on, I was there like, too. Commodore's. So was Rob Hare. Yeah. We've talked about this. All of us. And we got Kevin Sheedy coach on on computer, like when you have just computer oh. games. Took over six discs when we burnt it. I, I think Weird. I only played it once. I think it was terrible. I think it was a shocking, shocking game. Shocking. Shocking. Kevin Sheedy, <laughs> AFL coach. It was a shocking game. I don't know game. how we got on to cricket, but. Um, no, nah, cricket stinks. <laughs> Fuck it off. But I, I just don't think Ryan Spann's going to win this. I think Dominic Reyes has to come back and get a win. So you might not like it, but put him in my multi, please. Yep. He's in. All right. Next fight. We'll just get through this quickly now. The yep. City kickboxing team, they're all over there. We've already had the sex bag all Let's bag. But. Uh, I say all bag all the time. It's all Berg. Uh, Brad Riddell up against yep. Renato Moicano. This is a good yep. fight, tough fight. Moicano is a tough son of a bitch. In his last fight, you may remember, went to war with uh, RDA, Dos Anjos. Yes, yes, that's he right. He just showed a hell of a lot of ticker. But And Brad Riddell's sort of been on the, the rough end of the stick mm. recently. Lost one. Lost a couple, for? actually, against Fiziev and Jalen Turner. I'm going to put... Uh, Brad Riddell in. I just think he's going to fight back. He's not going to lose three in a row, this bloke. He's in. The City Kickboxing team, they're up and about. He's in. As a big friend of the pod says, Mako Shark, onward. Who says that? Theo Vaughn. Theo Vaughn. Onward, of course. Onward Onward. Nation. Love Theo Vaughn. Love him. Love when he's like, ask a question, and then like that's when he's like, onward. Onward. That's prop to continue. It's good. Anyway, I thought you'd like that. I did like it. it. Took me a while to get it. Uh, Dan it, Hooker, yep, versus Claudio Poyeas. Poyeas. It's hard one to say. I uh, tried to do it before I was practicing. Poyeas. 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 Claudio Poyeas. Yeah, he's Pouillet. up against Dan Hooker. We love. I like Dan Hooker. I'm a Dan Hooker guy. I think he's a nice yeah. guy. He's a good guy. I think he's a hell of a fighter. I think he's a tough. Going through a rough bitch. patch, hasn't he? Really, he's rough become like. Patch. Yeah, he's, yeah. It's, it's hard to watch that he's become. Yeah. Almost like rough some patch, people saying, rough patch, Patty. Sh- sh- rough patch Danny. Yeah. Do you wrap it up? People have been questioning, does he wrap it up? And wrap he's it like, up. Nah, fuck off. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm not wrapping it wrap up. Wrap it up should be cool. Jesus. He's lost four out of his last five, but this is a guy that just continually fights the best of the best of the best. He's lost to Dustin Poirier. No shame in that. Michael Chandler. No shame in that. He's lost to Islam Makhachev. No shame in that. And I uh, went down to 145, looked like a skeleton, lost to Arnold Allen, probably shouldn't have gone down that far because the prick's no. like six foot. And he shouldn't be ever, ever in any world making 145. He didn't look at all healthy when he did it. So uh, I'm not going to take too much out of that either. But, yeah, he's lost four of his last five. But this guy, I was going to put Dan Hooker in the multi, right? But today I just watched a few highlights of this Pouillet's guy. Yeah. Holy hell, I think I think he's pretty fucking pretty good. He's paying two dollars thirty seven pure versus a dollar I think it's I think that's a lot of name a lot right. of name Is value it? there. I reckon people think Dan Hooker, Dan Hooker, Dan Hooker, but they're overlooking this guy they might not have seen. He's got knee bars coming out of the, the, the asshole. Three wins well, he, by knee bar, just snatching dudes' bars. legs and just ripping knees apart and forcing taps. He's won fucking Five straight in the UFC. He's been ripping blokes' knees apart in first rounds. I just think he's going to get it done. He's young. He's fit. He's firing. I hope you know for the multi he wins. But I think I'd like Dan Hooker to win just because I like Dan Hooker. But I just think Claudio is the value here, Matthew. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's in. All right. Beautiful. Next fight. 
Should we just put Frankie Edgar versus Chris Gutierrez? We'll skip through it. Frankie Edgar, one of the all-time greats of the sport. I think it's his yep. retirement fight, Matt. He's one and done. This is it now. Farewell okay. fight. Now, you want to talk about skids? Frankie Edgar's on one. So I reckon Chris <laughs> Gutierrez, what's he paying? Because yep. I think he's going to win. 45, Gutierrez versus 278. Yeah, in. I think Frankie Edgar is probably a bit uh, long in the tooth at this point. Yep. Next fight, the fight we all wanted. The, the, the people's fight, the fans' fight. This could be a uh, real fight of the year contender here. Dustin the Diamond Poirier versus Iron Mike Chandler, Matthew. Uh, you want to talk excitement and something worth getting out of bed for, this is the fight. I agree, Mako Shark, fully. It's, uh, but I also have a feeling that it's going to be one way. Who are you going with? Let me know your thoughts. My thoughts are, I just think, there's a fighter in this fight. I want you to tell me because I want to know if you if you were on the same page without me saying it. The fighter in this fight that I feel's a better rounded fighter, and mm-hmm. not as much of uh, I don't know. I don't really know, but I just think Iron Mike Chandler is going to knock him out. Oh wow! Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I was going to lean the other direction. Well, you. Yeah, I'm going. I'm mm. going. Uh, I think Chandler's got the ability to put it on him early. And um, I feel like Poirier is normally the one that does that. You see it with the Connor where he just overwhelms them with his cardio and his striking. You know, he's not always hitting hard, but he's hitting him in the face quick and a lot. I think Chandler's a fucking cardio monster. Um, I reckon Chandler represents drink. extreme value at $2.78. But in saying that, Who's Poirier also is... Poirier is a freak lord as well, but I just feel like Chandler at the moment in his career has a little bit more X factor, a little bit more zip, and I'd be leaning towards Chandler. Mm. He's an electric factory. There's no doubt about it. I'm a huge Iron Mike fan at this point. I like Dustin Mm. Poirier too, so it's an interesting one. I like him as a bloke. Sometimes he's a little bit uh, bit too up his own ass a little bit sometimes. Mm -hmm. He just takes everything a little bit too seriously sometimes potentially. Like an unnamed, like an unnamed, uh, unnamed local Australian boxer. No, not to that cringe. He's better than that. He's nothing like that. He's a lot better bloke than that. But Chandler's uh, just an electric factory with his personality, his entertainment, nothing but excitement and uh, must-see sort of entertainment with Chandler. Yes. But I just think, I don't know. Yeah. Like, you go for it, baby. I, that was just my – I just mm, thought that he's, he's got, got, he's got, a, he's got a, he, he does, he's, but he's, he's not really had the people the give him the dog. And I reckon you watch Chandler in those sweatsuits in his garage when he's got – what's his little son, Hemp? What's his son's name? Hemming? Hep. Hep. He's got a hep, hep there watching him, and he's on the assault bike, and he's got that weird sweatsuit. Oh, he's great. He's all dripping. I love everything about him. like it. a rig. I reckon yeah, he's, he's, he's matching fucking... him in cardio, and I don't reckon many do with poor year. So I don't know. The you American tell me, boy. and I'll put what you'd want. But I'm just To me, I just think and... Dustin Poirier is just so staunch. He's so mm-hmm. – he's not going away easily. So Chandler will come in okay. and do what he does. He'll be exciting. He'll be hard at it. He'll, he'll pry and – pour the pressure on. But Dustin Poirier will stand up to that. Chandler, I think if Chandler tries to wrestle, it's probably his best bet. Because if he gets stuck into this try and entertain the crowd too much and be everyone's sort of favourite fighter, like he did against Justin Gagey, he, just, you got to wrestle. He's he's an all-American wrestler. He's fucking elite. He's got better wrestling than Dustin Poirier. So I think his best bet mm-hmm. is to use it. Try and take Chandler. Try and take Poirier down, sorry. Try and gas him out of it, suck a bit of life out of him. But if he stands and bangs and tries to go fight of the year again at Madison Square Garden like he did last year, I just see Dustin Poirier being able to outlast him. Okay. That's just how well, I see it. I just think I just think Dustin Poirier's got a little bit more 
not grit because Chandler's got grit too, but I just think he'll bite down a bit harder. And if it comes down to a boxing match, I think Poirier might win it. Well, he's in. But I could be wrong. I could be fucking wrong because Chandler, oh boy, I, I want him to win. If, if truth must be told, I'd rather Chandler win, do about nine backflips, cut a promo, and I'd love it. I'd love to watch it. But for the well, multi, I'm going to put Dustin. Poirier's in. Now onwards, because right. time is becoming a crunch. Holy hell. Make a shot. Time oh, is right. upon us. We'll skip through this I'll next tell one. You. Carla Esparza, Weili Zhang. I just see Zhang winning this. I see Weili right. winning this all day. No uh, argument. Put her in the multi. No argument. Yeah. Esparza are probably lucky to be the champ, to be honest. That was one of the weirdest title fights ever against Thug Rose. Shouldn't have happened. I think she did enough, though, and she's deserving the champion for mine. Thug Rose took the piss. Oh, Thug Rose and... took the piss. Sparza did what she had to do did. and won. Thug so, Rose anyway. thought she was fighting some sort of technical, like, Israel Adesanya-style fight, but she wasn't. Mm. She was actually doing zero. So probably copped what she deserved. Sparza <laughs> yeah. won the title, and then Rose was left scratching her ass. So interesting that's yeah. happening, and Wei Lee will probably end up being the champ, and Rose is out in the cold. So interesting stuff. But, yeah, put her in the multi for mine, the Chinese lass. Just so you know, we're about to – the Chinese lash is in at nine. Uh, that's our ninth leg. We're about to go. The unrivaled, no one gives you a better 10-leg multi than the Mako Shark and this podcast. And, well, we're, we're there, Mako. Give me, a, give me as succinct a review and tip as you can, please. 10-legger, the Yule Brenner, the Guy McKenna. This is big. The Yule Brenner, yeah. It's, um, look... You know, I can't go past him. I'm going to put him in the multi 10 times out of 10. Israel Adesanya for mine in the multi. <clears throat> Excuse well, me. But this is an intriguing fight, Matthew. I haven't been this excited or unsure of an Israel fight almost ever at this point. That's how much I'm mm. excited for this one. It's very up in the air. There's a lot of question marks. You are, you're back a man <clears throat> until he gives you a reason not to, Mako, and he's not given any reason. And I'm not his biggest fan because I don't like a lot of his antics. And maybe later in the life, like a Connor, there might be a might be a turnaround, but I don't see it coming. I don't think he'll be as zippy as Connor that gets me one over. But Mako, he's, uh, he does exactly what he has to do as a champion. He uh, goes home safe and wins and keeps counting that bread. And uh, look, I have a feeling that what will happen in this fight, people want Ooh, but what if he lands, like I always say with Whittaker, if he just fucking throws a right and puts one on him. But I tell you, they can't do it. They don't get the opportunity to do it. This man has done it, but we've got to also remember different sport, different atmosphere, different occasion. Everything's different. And it was a long time ago, in a sense, that he's come a long way and is basically the number one fighter in the world, arguably. So, yeah, it'd be great if he got tested and got put down and had to show a bit of courage, but he'll probably just do what he's done to all of the big hype guys before they're ready and make them look stupid. So I'm very, with your man. Very intriguing. That's yeah. Yeah. But there's one thing I think, one thing I think Pereira's got is that he isn't going to do what a lot of these guys do. He's not going to do what Jared Cannonier did. I'll tell you that. He's not going to, he's not going to hold back. He's not going to sit no. back and sort of basically give in and know that, holy shit, I can't work out this puzzle. I'm just going to try and survive. He's not going to do that. He's going to come forward. I think Alex Pereira is going to absolutely bring the fight to Izzy. And mm. I think that's probably the best thing we could ask for. I think it's probably the best thing that Izzy could ask for because that's how he plays his best as well. So looking forward to seeing that. I just There's always that allure of can he land that bomb again. If you go back and watch that fight, I, I just do not want to uh, bring up Israel's 
horrific quote that he ran at the uh, the press conference and the fight about frozen like Elsa and on skates and all that stuff because it was stinky. Mm. But it's true. If you watch it, he had Pereira done and dusted. He should have won that in the second round. He had him fucking he should that fight almost should have been stopped, but the ref did save Pereira there for a bit, gave him the standing eight count and let him get his marbles back. Israel has said that he kind of uh, went away from his game plan and he started headhunting because he thought, oh, I'm going to get this guy. He had the uh, chip on his shoulder from losing the first fight and thought, I've got this prick, I'm going to go for it. And he, he went away from his game plan, started headhunting, didn't get the finish. If he had have gone to his natural game, he probably would have just stood back a bit. He would have clipped him. He would have got there. He would have stopped the fight. So I think he regrets that. I think the ref saved Pereira, so it's interesting. It's very interesting. A lot of things could have been different. Sliding doors moment. If that hadn't have happened, this fight wouldn't be happening right now. So it's a storyline that wow. I'm excited to watch, mate. We'll see what happens. I'm excited for the odds on this multi. Have a guess. So Israel's in. Ten legs locked yeah. and loaded. Let's go hundred and no, $245. $510. $25 makes you $12,726. Well, that's a nice multi, isn't it? That's a nice Sunday. And I can't see any one of those legs not, not happening, except for maybe no. Meatball. Well, you know, take her out. Use those 10. Use one. Use whatever you want, listeners. But do not say that we don't give you winners because I guarantee majority of those, if not all of them, will win. Yep. After I've, after I've, just, said, after I've just said punt responsibly. Yeah, of course, mate, of course. I should yeah. podcast host responsibly. should take some of my own medicine, Mako Shark. Now, I'm very conscious, very conscious of time, Mako Shark. Just a really quick boxing review from the weekend because we talk about punting. I was a little bit excited on Saturday night because I called the upset of the year. You did it. I'm known. You did it. You throw enough rods out, Mako. Well, Mako, I guess I call you making something. It annoys me when I do that. Okay. You throw enough rods out there, something's going to bite and something's going to land. You throw shit enough. What is it the saying? You throw enough shit, something will stick. I don't fucking know. Throw enough shit at the wall, it may stick. Something like that. Well, I do that with tips, big tips all the time. I'll tell you, you're the only bloke that woke up the morning of Ronda Rousey v. Holly Home texting me, hey, I just have a Holly Home feeling. You're the only bloke I knew texting that. $11 to one. It was you and Harry. I said, let's all put 100 and on. And I was like... Out. Nah, bro. Nah. Yeah, I know. Nah, yeah, I know. fuck that. Remortgage the house on Ronda, mate. That's what I said. Remortgage the house on Ronda. Without Ronda. giving myself a, a, a rib removal, print sort of like self-suck, I do say it a lot. So in all jokes aside, they <laughs> the rule of averages are one or two is going to come off. But Eventually. I ride them. I won't shut up about this for a fair while now. The, uh, the Mark Hunt knockout of Sonny Bill Williams is absolutely one of the upsets in the history of boxing, in my opinion, Mako Shark. A 48-year-old who's had a terrible run of fights, got beaten by a lot of men recently. Many probably shouldn't have, in my opinion. Yep. Against yep. a man that's been training with Tyson Fury and at the peak of his physical powers, you look at him, he's a, an Adonis, mm-hmm. big sort of big man, big powerful man, went through Barry, even though I did tell you last week it, was a, it, it wasn't a steamroll. It was an mm, equilibrium was shot, a, and then it looked yep, like a yep. steamroll. Barry was thin. Barry had come on the podcast too and didn't he weighed he didn't want to say, but he was unwell and lost a lot of weight. You yeah. could tell. Even when they gone. kept showing it. He didn't look he looked fit but didn't look fight fit, if that makes sense. He looked great. Like take your shirt off at the beach. People are fat with the size of this man, but I like, didn't look right. So then you go, Well, what if Mark Hunt can actually land one? And what happened? He did. And Jesus Christ. 
I will say, Mako, Sonny Bill Williams has got a chin on him of fucking a 90 mil granite oh, fucking yeah. bench that you put your fucking... Absolutely. I tell you, the fact he didn't go out cold and die from some of those shots, it was sickening. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with and you. Mark Hunt I feel like a lot of some people... Of the best post-fight TV I've ever seen. Yeah, he's entertainment. That's what he is. He was dropping... He really he is. Was dropping, he was dropping... He was dropping... There was Big fuck. Mate, he fun. was. He was. Dry. I've never seen it. And the bloke next to him, little skin bag. I remember I tell you, it wasn't the English bloke from Arsenal. It was a new one. They get these guys in that don't know how to handle the heat. They don't know how to say, hey, Mark, you're on live telly. Like, you're mm. getting paid good money. Don't you just come on, mate. Like, don't say fuck. Like, you know, <laughs> he couldn't fuck. handle it. And I'll say, I did say to you last week, too, they do the cringiest backstage and we got them. Didn't we? Yeah, they fucking they do it, mate. Well, they were Danny Green goes to the. Hey, hey, chief. Chief, how you feeling? The bloke's not even speaking. He went, oh, you're a beauty. Or, uh, God, I thought I said, what was that? <laughs> oh, fucking, what are you saying, Danny? Chief didn't uh, speak. It's the oh most boy. cringe. Oh, they're all like, oh, you know. Get and they got that Seb Costello that stole his whole fucking current affair interview from us off the show with Barry. You got him backstage going, oh, gosh, you don't get this sort of coverage on Stan Sport. It's like, mate, just stop sucking Stan the teeth. That they, he, he suckles, he's a little suckler, that bloke. Anyway, it's not a Mako Shark Tank. It's a it's a celebration of Mark Hunt, a combat legend. Like, we are combat sports legends. He's a combat sport legend across multiple facets, Mako Shark. And if that isn't a great way to go out, I don't know what is. I'm with you. I think a lot of people, as you said, he was 48. He's he's like, you know, he's hit a bit of hard times here and there, lost some fights, had some health issues. But people probably sleeping on Mark Hunt a little bit. One of the all-time great knockout artists of combat sport in history. This is a man mm. that has knocked out many, 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 many men. So I think we were, probably should have given him a little bit more respect going into this fight. And as you did, you're probably the one man that did. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if you jumped on and, Put all no, your hard earned on it because you'd be paying <laughs> off the house. You didn't, of course, but you should have. Uh, I didn't. But no, you know I what? You might not have, Jack. but you said it. It's the thought that counts. I got it one round wrong. I said round three, but it was round four. Uh, if I'd actually – the odds for a round four Mark Hunt stoppage yeah. would have been astronomical. astronomical. It's in the 60s, I reckon. So Well, well done. Well done, Mark Hunt. I don't know what's next for either man, but hopefully uh, – Nothing Hopefully, Mark, Mark Hunt retires and, and maybe even, um, look, I reckon um, Sonny should retire too, Mako Shark. Well, yeah, I don't know what his gimmick is. Is his gimmick just sort of circus fights and circus fights. He a legit boxer? Like, if you're just a, like a circus fighter, like just cut it. You know, cut it, Mako Shark. There's no point. There's no real point. Now, before we cut this episode, it's been a, just a staggeringly good episode, I will say. Staggeringly good. If you're weak at the knees, don't stand up while listening to this because this will knock you over, Mako Shark, quick, fast. Just there's something coming up, and there's, we, we, we plugged it early, but maybe you just want to take, as we as you take us out, before you take us out, maybe just discuss what might be on Sunday uh, and the exciting uh, event in a fortnight. Absolutely. Well, it's uh, 18th of February. No. Yeah. November, sorry, I'm getting November. a bit. Uh, You're getting perfect. I'm a bit stroke focused. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, long COVID. Oh, long COVID. Or about a stroke. One of the two. Mm. But uh, Hex, one of the great Australian mixed martial arts promotions uh, down here in Melbourne, a staunch, been around for years. Many, many great fighters have come through Hex. Hex Fight Series number 24 happening next Friday, 18th of November at the Melbourne Pavilion. Get the fuck mm. down there. Your boys will be Make there. Sure. Don't you worry yeah. about that. 
friend of the pod, Josh Coolabear, is going to be there. Special guest speaker. He'll be dropping some pearls of wisdom. There's going to be other oh, blokes will, out there, like the the combat wombat, fucking friend of the pod. He's fighting for the heavyweight championship. And we're going live, Matthew, on Sunday night with another participant in a big featherweight clash, Genghis Khan Alfi, one of the more exciting featherweights in the country. I'll tell you what, he's on a six-fight tear. He's knocking mm. blokes out. He's looking good while he does it. He'll be, I reckon, Ooh, Nelly. keep your eye on him because Australians are getting snatched right up, left, right, and center by all the promotions. UFC, Bellator one. Only a matter of time before he's in there on one of these promotions. So before that, he's jumping on with the boys. Who the fuck are these guys live on Instagram? We're, we're you know, we're just branching out, Matthew. This is exciting. Just dabbling a little bit. Just a little dabble. Just you a know, dabble. Just, just, you know, supporting the local community, supporting the local promotions. Hex, we're getting around and we're excited for it. And the more eyeballs mm. and ears, eardrums, the better. One not to be missed, Mako Shark, and you have said from your dealings with him, one of the nicest men you'll ever chat with. And I'm looking forward to a lovely chat with him on 7.30 and all our listeners getting on and getting around him and Hex and getting along and following, supporting and pumping up Australian MMA because it's definitely something that you don't want to sleep on. And if you know anything about the sport and you've seen the Aussie talent, all of them outside of maybe a weirdness have come from a local promotion and the majority of them have fought in Hex at some point or been an absolute stableman. So let's Jimmy just Crew, uh, let's let's Josh focus on what we've got in our local sort of area too, as well as the the big leagues. But let's just get around and support it and hope that it goes big and there's more shows and more exciting fighters and people you can sink your teeth into before they get to the grand scales of the world, Maker. Hundred percent, mate. Even Israel Adesanya has fought on Hex in the past as well. So all the big names come through it. And uh, our man, Genghis Khan, he's actually done some work with City Kickboxing himself. So we're going to be going live on Sunday uh, evening post-UFC mm. pay-per-view. So it'll be interesting to get his thoughts on what transpires on Ooh. that event too. So that'll be interesting. Ask him, he if he ever walked in, ask him if he ever walked in the room and smelt sex. Oh, mate, he'll know all of it. He'll have some <laughs> sex Allberg stories for sure. <laughs> all right, mate, go yeah. We're getting a little bit silly, getting a little bit uh, strokey. I reckon you take us out. Yeah, time to wrap this up. This has gone long, everyone. Apologies for that. But, you know, give us five stars anyway. Thank yeah. you, Jack Della Maddalena. We're pumped. We'll talk about it next week because your fight's happening next week. We're going to pump you up again. But thanks for jumping on the pod. We love you. Friend of the pod for life. As are all of you at home. And if you're out there listening, bloody rude. Who the fuck is that guy?